Hey, Jason. What's that? It's been a while. Oh, um, oh. What? You know, what? You know what time it is? Like I uh, don't. Well, let me look at my clock. What time is it? It's time for a singing intro. Yes, my favorite. <laughs> Be cruel to your school, cause you may never get another. Be cruel to your school. In the name of rock and roll. Be cruel to your school. Just like a sister or a brother. Be cruel to your school. In the name of rock and roll. Take it, Alice. Oh, wait, there's no Alice. Uh, Midterm mayhem on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Present. 
thought his math teacher was a cannibal because if you add 4 plus 4, you get 8. Jason Bollinger. <laughs> oh, presents. He thought the formula for ice was H2, H2O cubed. Brian Clark. <laughs> ah, oh, sorry, sorry I'm late. I have a doctor's excuse, sir. Leave it on my desk. <laughs> she was an emo kid in school until one day she was at McDonald's and ordered a Happy Meal. Terry Turford. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and lastly, let's all welcome our new student who just transferred to our school from his old school. He took a box of raisins to prom because he couldn't find a date. Mike Reed. <laughs> Present. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Oh. Doing good. I was while well, you were doing the football gag, I was trying to think of some innuendo about you being a wide receiver, but uh, <laughs> quick enough uh, on the draw. Oh, we know he's the class clown in St. Mike. Yeah. I just like how he ran out of football positions and stopped adding them. Yep. Yeah, I know. Know There's anymore. nowhere anymore. It's quarterback, <laughs> there's kicker. I'm done, right? That's it. <laughs> okay, think, so what? I was just going to say, thinking of uh, the other shows on Downright Creepy, I want to give a little shout out to Death, Dying, and Other Things. I don't know if you guys have listened to that at all, but I was talking about being a prolific writer a little earlier. Justin Buskey, who does that show like solo, he writes all of the... It's a spoken word, like a short book on tape type of thing. Oh, okay. And he writes all the stories, and they're all really good. I don't know how the fuck he does it. Awesome. Like if he's, it's ridiculous how many... Like I, he comes up with at least two stories a month, and I'm lucky if I can do that in a year. <laughs> yeah, I, that's one I still need to check out from the from the network. So, but it's on my that's on my to do list. Okay, so up next, it's time for killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast. All right, so <laughs> Cloverfield, um, Boom. there was, I mean, that, was everyone aware of, like, the crazy marketing and stuff that happened during the Super Bowl? I That's pretty groundbreaking. I avoided the Super Bowl this year, so I didn't, Well, I have no clue. I mean, I didn't watch it either, but I still knew it happened. Hell of a game. Facebook. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, yep. It was actually kind of cool seeing the uh, that trailer uh, during the Super Bowl. I was watching the game and saw that trailer, and they're like, "Dude, really? New Cloverfield Suite?" But yeah, to you know have that ad at the game and then to premiere it live streaming right after the game was over was pretty awesome. Yeah, a movie that did not have a single still or trailer the last time yeah. we spoke has been released and feels like old news now. Yeah, like the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know that? It got released oh. on Netflix, yeah. Like, within hours of, like, two hours after they put the trailer on as a Super Bowl commercial, they put it on Netflix. So, yeah. so it's on Netflix right now, or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Immediately when the Super Bowl finished, it was available. That's it's really good, too. Is it? Yeah. I really liked it. The best joke I've seen about it is that uh, they're <laughs> going down, like, first Cloverfield 
months and months of viral marketing. Second Cloverfield is released in like the same month it's announced or something like that. Uh, you know, the new one released two hours after it was announced. The <laughs> next one will just be J.J. Abrams showing up at your house and throwing the Blu-ray through your window. <laughs> <laughs> And well, by, it, by it, the fourth it, one, we'll just remember it. <laughs> but it was it was interesting. I mean, it was definitely an experiment on their part. I don't know if they're going to make any profit whatsoever after spending what five million dollars on a, a freaking ad. But um, I mean, it definitely made me go and rent the first one because I'd never seen the first one. So I started seeing people posting, like I saw Tad post something about it on Facebook while the Super Bowl was happening. And I'm like, what? So I immediately went and I like paid to rent the first Cloverfield movie. Awesome. And then immediately asked for a refund. No. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they got you good. <laughs> no. I mean, it was fine, but I didn't need to watch it at all. No. Really. I just need to know that there was a monster in a city, which I knew before watching the movie. So it's fine. Well, during um, Sundance, there was rumors that Netflix was looking at buying this from Paramount because Paramount thought they sort of had a stinker on their hands. They didn't know how to how to how they're going to market it. So Netflix sort of stepped in and said, "We'll take it, and we have a crazy idea on how to make people watch it." Hmm. So that's why our subscriptions went up two dollars a month. It's just to pay <laughs> the fucking five million dollar ad during the Super Bowl. Yep. Well. <clears throat> and they're and releasing a, like 80 new movies this year or something yeah. like that. It's a hell of a cast, too. It's not like a bunch of, you know, it wasn't a little yeah. cheapy movie with nobody's in it. Like almost every person in the cast is a recognizable, you know, not necessarily A list, like, you know, Tom I mean, Chris O'Dowd and uh, Zhang Ziyi was in it, who I haven't seen in something for like a decade. She's awesome. And from what I understand how this this um, series is working with the last two, at least, um, the Bad Robot, which is Abrams' production company, mm-hmm. they're finding these spec scripts from young, wrong, young screenwriters, and they're buying them for next to nothing, <clears throat> making small adjustments to fit into the Cloverfield universe, and they're, you know, they're, it's sort of a win-win because, you know, these, these people who are sitting on these... Uh, sci-fi scripts, you know, they get their work purchased and made into a film. The filmmakers get to, you know, buy the script for, you know, pretty cheap price, and you know, they turn it into a movie that fits this little universe. It's sort of a cool idea. Yeah. Interesting. Man. I I do love the the way the way this new one ties the whole thing together like from you know the first two are you know both happened because of the events in this one and every subsequent one will also be affected by the events in this one i think that's a really cool way to tie the whole universe together oh cool mm-hmm. now i definitely have to see it uh, yeah for that like tie in yeah <clears throat> i watched a video that this it's like some teenager made who cannot have a job to have enough time to figure all this shit out but like it shows like every minuscule tie-in between every single film and it is mind-blowing i'm like what there's no like 
Yeah, like, I'm wondering if he, like, made some of them up. I mean, I'm sure he made a lot of them up, or he's drawing his own conclusions, but still really interesting, because I missed about 90% of it. Yeah, there's, um, I've seen some theories that you can play the uh, first movie at the same, you know, you press play and sort of play them at the same time, and they sync up. Yeah, the runtime matches where where the spoiler alert creature shows up. Hmm. Yeah. And the two, and the first and third or whatever. And I think the fourth movie is scheduled to come out later this year already, and then they're Jesus. already casting the fifth one. And Daisy Ridley, <laughs> Daisy Ridley's like rumored to be the lead in the fifth one. So cool. <laughs> that's that's insane. Like they're moving that fast. Considering it went from the first two kind of had a... such a long span between. Yeah. But they're they're all being you know directed by different people, and if the thing about them buying these spec scripts is true, they could have different production units working on the movie simultaneously. There's no reason to just do yeah. one at a time. So, and especially with if Netflix is buying all the rights for that kind of stuff, they're going to be able to crank them out faster than most studios will be able to. <clears throat> yeah, I think the fourth one's supposed to go theatrical. Basically, like like I said earlier, I think with the um, the newest one, what basically they happened to film this thing. They weren't very confident in it, so they thought, "What can we do to, you know, build excitement?" And so Netflix had this idea of releasing it right after the trailer, and mm. it it worked because even you know whether you loved it or like a lot of people online hated it, they watched it. You know, right? Yeah. And that it, it's a neat gimmick, but it's only going to work once. And I think if they right. kept. If they kept doing them as Netflix original movies, it would kind of cheapen their brand a little bit. Since the first two were theatrical, people are going to start looking at them as like, oh, it's a bunch of direct-to-video sequels. Like, I think if they want them to stay successful, they're going to need to start putting them back in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that though, because it really, I, I, I would agree. I would have agreed with you for the longest time. Well, but it's really re- really to feel financially like whole... successful. I have no idea how okay. Netflix's leasing agreements work, but they cannot be super lucrative well the, would think anyway. the, the problem is for the filmmakers and you know and there's the no back involved end. there's no back end yeah. when you when you're going through netflix so yeah that, that's what i mean like you get paid the flat fee and then Netflix. Yeah. you know you might it's like spotify you might get you know five cents per mm-hmm. play or something like that but, yeah so because i've seen scott Shermer and brian williams from bandit pictures have talked about that on facebook quite a bit how they just get fucked in the ass on uh, streaming play like yeah. their movies go on Amazon and I mean they're not on Netflix obviously because their stuff's a little too <laughs> hardcore for <laughs> something that you could just accidentally let your 10 year old watch but like to to rent them on Amazon Prime or whatever like they're they just make nothing on those sales so yeah yeah so I mean that's that's the the biggest downfall is the artists are getting screwed with this with, with streaming services like that but but uh but the sad part, the sad, the sad part of it, it really feels like, because yeah, like if you, three or four years ago, if you would have told me a movie was made specifically for Netflix, I'm like, oh, this, you know, this is gonna be some low budget trash. But like, it's now like the legitimate way of seeing seeing new content, and mm-hmm. it's kind of scary to be honest. But especially since a lot of it is so good. I mean, they've had a yeah. few turds that I've sat through, but. I, I would say probably the majority of the stuff I've watched that is Netflix original has been has ranged from at least good to bordering on great. So I mean they they do some good work. 
Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like Blumhouse. Their track record is is uh, is is you know. Yeah, not all studios are that lucky. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's also a big feat, though. I think that they kept it this secret. That's, I mean, that's hard to do. This day and age, yeah, oh, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Because mm-hmm. up Kudos until the release of it, um, I think people were still thinking it was called like the God Particle was the title that was floating around. Like we didn't even know what it was called until yeah. they said what it was. Yeah, I remember seeing a, an article saying that the next Cloverfield movie was going to be titled The God Particle months and months ago. So I don't know yeah. if that was that was originally this one, and then they changed the name and hushed <laughs> it all up real quick, or if that's going to be the next one. I don't know. It, it was this one, and yeah. from, and I, I think just like Cloverfield Lane, sort of like I was saying with the scripts, I think this this one might have been too, if I remember correctly, it sat on the shelf for quite a while, maybe a year or longer, and it kept getting pushed back. Uh, they had it wrapped and everything, they just, uh, Paramount had no idea what they were going to do with it, they weren't confident, test screenings didn't do well, so they sat on it, sat on it, and then it was sort of like, I don't know if they did some reshoots or additional shooting to tie it in with the Cloverfield universe, but they tack on a few things. And I think with, with uh, Cloverfield Lane, they tacked on that, that whole ending to tie it into the, the series. Yeah. And that would make sense. That was kind of my guess, because calling it the God Particle fits this story, because they say at one point that they're the Shepard Particle Collider cracked a Higgs boson particle and that uh-huh. fucked everything up, which is what they were talking about when they fired up the CERN particle collider a few years ago and there were people committing suicide because they thought were afraid that the thing was going to open a gateway to hell or turn, <laughs> you know, open a black hole in the middle of the world or some crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's really interesting the yeah. whole streaming thing. Surprise, Mike! New Cloverfield! <laughs> Because, oh, well, yeah, like, what do you think? And here's another thought, sorry. We're just going to keep talking about this because it's what oh, we do. Yeah. Um, like uh, the new Hatchet movie, Victor yeah. Crowley. Yeah. That had a limited theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, it got leaked online, right? It got leaked almost at the last minute. Like, wasn't it? Like, like right before it was, yeah. Yeah, so like, that like, not as bad as some. But, like, this kind of circumvents that. Like, you know, when it goes straight to streaming. Even, and and I, I don't know. It's interesting. Even the press don't get it first. And, and what? Yeah. And I think that's probably a big key. Because that's what Adam Green said at his Q&A uh, at Panic Fest. He said that it got leaked. Like, literally sounded, that morning. Because it sounded morning, like yeah. he was literally carrying around the only copy to all the screenings. <laughs> the only physical copy he had. And for a lot of it and, and he i've said, had a physical copy for cups since that um october yeah and he said that it was it was somebody in the press that fucking leaked it so yeah i think they they watermark all the you know digital copies and stuff so when it leaks they can tell who who did it yeah but how it's shitty, just you know, interesting that, that that's not even that's not even you know a thought with this sort of way of releasing something i don't know that it's going to become a common way of doing it because i doubt it's super profitable for them but but, but you can see the thought though like how many times <laughs> you turn on netflix and you're like oh shit what's this yeah. yeah you know where the hell did this come from and then just that interest alone you're one click away 
mm-hmm. versus having months to think about it or well, and God read for, reviews. And, and God forbid you let it sit there on Netflix long enough to read the description, mm-hmm. and then you're halfway watching the movie because the fucking thing starts up. Um, no, I don't yeah. play, yeah. Uh-huh. I fucking like hate that. I hate that. Hate it. Imagine what would have happened if they had done this sort of scenario for the, the new Ghostbusters movie. Mm. Yeah, it would have probably got a lot more I play. Mean, yeah. Right? Riots. There were so <laughs> many fanboys. <laughs> yeah. So many who were just hating on it without giving it a shot, and there were theories and theories abound, and there was just so much unending bullcrap yeah. for months and months and months. And if they just would have released it, and people wouldn't have had time to do anything, and they would have just watched it, and maybe they would have actually fucking liked it, you know? Yeah, exactly, because it's it's not a bad movie. It's funny as hell. No, yeah, I like well, it. I think I think with um, sort of staying on subject, I think that you know some of these like limited release movies, um, they get like it follows and stuff. Like it got. You know, it came out. I saw. I tried to see it as soon as I could, but you know, good word of mouth at festivals and stuff gets the hype going, and so people have this preconceived notion of how great it's going to be. When they watch it, they're disappointed, and it's not because it's not a great movie. It's because they had so much hype in their mind, mm-hmm. you know, going into it that it can no no matter how great it is, it's never going to live up to this you know expectation that's been put on this movie, and it eliminates that too. I mean, yeah. but, but it also, it also, I feel like I couldn't wait. I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, watching a football game, trying to, I'm like, man, hurry, hurry up and win. You know, I want to watch Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if this game goes into overtime, <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. Yeah, I went into it and I was so damn excited that, you know, I don't, I, I want to watch it again to make sure that my hype didn't play the opposite role where I enjoyed it more so because I was so excited for it because I tend to be, a uh, glass half full guy than a you know on the other side where people I saw a lot of people were like all that hype for this I'm like you were hyped for a fucking hour this was announced an hour ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's much like, hype yeah that <laughs> oh you know it's just so ridiculous people you know they want everything right now and it has to be the best fucking thing ever it's crazy yeah it's just scary because this seems like it's getting worse and worse but like I don't give up total. I haven't given up totally yet because then you have things like The Shape of Water, which had a limited theatrical run and then blew up. Like right. town oh, like our town got, got Shape of Water. And that was just that was based on the success of the limited release and word of mouth. Yeah, or let me it flip. plays well for different I mean, I think the different releases are gonna be handled differently <clears throat> and do Better sure. in different situations. Sure, and that sure. probably that Academy buzz also probably helped oh, yeah. get it a wider release too. So, well, I no. think it's interesting too. Like, um, just another another thing, like Netflix just released The Ritual, which is a new horror movie. Really liked it. I know a lot of you guys have watched it. Yeah, um, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's crazy? Like, I have so many friends who are I would not say movie buffs in any way shape or form that just you know it's like almost all of their watching is exclusive to netflix because they're that lazy and and all they do you know they're on facebook what do i watch they're asking their friends what do i watch and it's funny how many of my friends have watched a a great horror movie simply because it's on netflix because they're pure laziness yeah 
and it's I mean it's good and bad because it's like they're getting exposed to a good movie for once. But on the other side, it's like, yeah, they're they're following it with like the new whatever fucking Adam Sandler garbage, and <laughs> and it's like you know, their people's whole entire film diet is based on whatever's on Netflix. They would never, ever think of going to the theater and seeing The Shape of Water because they'd have to get off the fucking couch and spend some money, and you know, it's not yeah. on Netflix. It's crazy. It's a big trend for sure. Now I'm sad. <laughs> so on killer news. Yeah. It was, so yeah, so speaking of which, is that was that it for killer news then? I just wanted to spin it around and say oh, like if you see. were if you were I mean if we like if we like what they did with the new Cloverfield, could you handle it if they did that with Halloween? Put it on Netflix. No, I just mean the like cuz I know you're loving seeing every little Tiny yeah, picture the opposite. Yeah. Oh, they, like, yeah. There's already so much. Could stuff you? Released. Could you? Or would you wait? Could you wait? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I yeah. I rarely ever look at news stuff anymore. Like I used yeah. to be way in the loop, but I just I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. When it comes out, I'll, like I know about things that are coming out most of the time, and when they come out, I'll see them. But yeah, I I don't care about set pictures, and I don't care about all that other stuff. I just I'll wait and see the movie. You're talking yeah. about the hype train earlier, like, and being a glass half full kind of guy. Like, I've almost trained myself to be glass half empty just because I got so sick of being hyped for everything. It's like, shut the fuck up. It isn't going to be that good. And then yeah. if it is good, it's a pleasant surprise. And if it sucks, I'm like, see, I told you, fuck you. So it's- oh, I, have, I have a friend who literally, like, when we go to the movies, he stands out in the hallway and waits for the trailers to end. He doesn't even want to wow. see, you know, no. He's, wow. that, that's he's that fucking dedicated. I mean, he, not only does he, he avoid fresh. them online, but yeah, he he avoids them, and I had to hold a seat for him. So, you know, I I wow. applaud his um, restraint. But I'm on <laughs> I'm on Instagram watching Nick Castle post pictures of his hands, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, Michael Myers hands. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is gonna just eventually put the whole movie on Instagram. I mean, he is. I don't know yeah. how he's getting away. He's putting everything i mean he's he's posting like 12 pictures from the halloween set a day i'm like someone take his fucking phone away he is apparently not making a movie <laughs> he's not yeah, he's not working get he's, back to work he's social media away. manager like you know michael myers is is busy on instagram man oh man oh my god but did you guys see the the hand picture he took a picture <laughs> of <his> hand. <laughs> We hearted it. We all hearted it. They've been posting a lot. Blumhouse has been posting a bunch, too. Yeah, I saw the chairs, and they say uh, Lori and the shape. (laughs) Yep, saw that. (laughs) Tad's a little excited. Too much. Like, before they started releasing this stuff and were making the new movie, I was following a lot of these, like, Halloween Cedric pages, and now I'm like, I might have to unfollow them until the movie's over because I'm getting too much. Yeah, like by the time the movie comes out, you're so fucking sick of hearing about Halloween. I, I don't even want to see it anymore. Yeah. Not me, man. I just kind of <laughs> want to forget that it's happening. And I'm I'm also a fan of not watching trailers if I can avoid them. Not, you know, movie theater, that's hardcore. But, you know, <clears throat> any other I- time. I'll watch this shit with people like record trailers from Comic Con on their phones. I'm that dude like zoomed <laughs> in. I'm that like, shit. I'm, yeah. I'm awful, man. Um, but yeah, it's 
it's it's so crazy. Like Ryan Turek from Blumhouse, he posted a picture holding one of the knives on set. He, all the fucking comments were like, "The knife is too small. Fuck this movie." Like really? Oh, what? <laughs> For real? He's like, it's a kitchen knife, guys. And he, you know, they're like, it's not, it's not the standard Lampson from Halloween One. It's like, yeah, because it's not fucking Jesus Halloween One, dummies. See, that's another whole reason to avoid all of that because <laughs> trolls. It de- it kind of depends on the trailer too. Like, say Marvel comic stuff, for example. Like, I'll when those pop up online, I'll probably watch those trailers. But you know, at least once just to see yeah. what's up. Yeah. It's not going to spoil anything for they me. They are what they like, are. I, I know what is essentially going to happen in this movie, so it's not going to hold any surprises. I'm going because they're. You know, as my buddy Tim Leonard puts it, they are the Pixar of action movies. Like, they're just going to be big, loud, colorful fun. Or, say, something like the new Pacific Rim. I've watched that trailer, like, half a dozen times now. Because there's, again, A, it's not going to spoil anything, probably. And B, what's the chance I'm not going to like that movie? <laughs> for the fucking slim, right? You of all people, yes. So, it, so it's not going to ruin anything for me to watch the trailer over and over, but... Well, I thought an interesting, uh, like, I don't know if this is new, but I I got to thinking about it when we saw, um, unfortunately, when I saw uh, just, was it, no, I saw Batman vs. Superman, or no, Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm, like, getting all the DC movies confused, but I saw Wonder Woman, and they had a trailer for Justice League before it. It's like, I'm seeing the fucking sequel trailer before I see the movie. That's, and it's like it sort of took me out because it's like there's absolutely no danger to Wonder Woman because I see she's in this you know movie. She's gonna be, yeah. <laughs> not that I, not that I thought they would kill her off in any way, but it's just like it, it literally just took me out of it. It's like, oh well, why am I watching this one? Just skip to this one. You know, it's, it's the same fucking thing. It's like it's like showing me, you know, I don't know my meal bef- while I'm trying to eat dessert. Like I don't know. It's just what what are you doing? Like, well, well that you're opening up a whole other bag of worms there and. You're getting into like telling stories out of out of sequence because you can go into Wonder Woman, know she's going to be fine because it takes place before Batman versus Superman. So it's that whole reason why I hate prequels because it's like I feel like there's no stakes in the prequel because I know how this is going to eventually end. Well, because the prequels are all full of pork chops. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Elaborate. You said there were no stakes in the prequels. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I'm done. I'm hanging up my fucking But they're comic book heroes. They're not going to die. Come on. Well, There's yeah, but you know what he always needs, no though. stakes. It's just, you know. Guess what? Michael Myers, he's going to die, but probably won't. <laughs> so, but so you're not excited about Halloween now? Or, right. That's a little different. Oh, if, oh, no! It's if, no. If they showed the trailer for, um, you know, Blumhouse's Halloween Two, right. and I got to see all the shit that's, you know, if it literally like, you know, spoiled the first one before, while I'm watching, sitting in the theater that's that crazy, I paid yeah. to see the current Halloween, like, fuck you, no, you know, I'm I'm here paying. Stop advertising. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go to it. If I sat through your one garbage movie, I'm going to the next. Like, you know. But anyways. <laughs> All right, so are we finally done with Killer News? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then uh, let's get into the show. Who wants to start us off? Oh, we need stronger starts. I'll I'll start it off. All right, please do. 
I'll start it off with um, th- my favorite, so we'll just go downhill from here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it'll go downhill fast, was, um, from my understanding of your guys' messages online. So it, he, he's either he's either going to say <laughs> the one movie that's obviously everyone's favorite because it's a hundred times better than everything else on the list, or he's going to take the piss out of me. No, I think I think there's I think there's two think there's several good two ones. movies I really enjoyed on this list. And one that I've been a fan of for a while is Class of 1984. Fuck yes. I, it's funny because we have a, um, a really awesome record store here in town, a mom and pop one, and they sell used movies. I found this DVD for like $2 many years ago and bought it just because it was $2, watched it, and I'm like, why didn't I know about this before? It's fantastic. New yeah. teacher goes into a inner city high school, um, butts heads with the gang of like delinquents it just gets worse and worse for him because he keeps standing up um michael j fox gets fucked up um they have i don't know it's it's, it's just gritty it's fun it's well perf- well acted um mm-hmm. great stories it's it's the everything about it i love about you know movies in general this isn't this one's great yeah I, i've i mean i've always loved this movie i've got the um the Shout Factory Blu-ray of it, um, and I remember it was kind of the same thing for me. Only we're, um, where it was like a blind, it was like a blind rental back in the VHS days, and uh, man, I just love it. You know, obviously, I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love any movie that starts off with an Alice Cooper song. So, yep. So you had you had me at, at Cooper. So <clears throat> yeah, I knew that as soon as I heard it. I'm like, oh fuck! This is <laughs> why this it's a, on the list. Was this a first watch for anybody? For me, yeah. for me, it's my first time seeing that one. For everybody? Yeah, I, I've Holy known shit. about it for a long time. I mean, it's not you know, it's a pretty well regarded. Uh, I, I don't what do you call it? horror movie, exploitation movie, revenge movie. Probably, yeah, but, probably more on the little... revenge and exploitation. I, I was waiting for somebody to call me out. For putting yeah. it on the list, that's why I had six titles instead well, of the normal five. A good oh, movie's a good movie. I'll never complain about you putting a good movie on the list. <laughs> right. Yeah, it and doesn't happen very it's, often. It's so the rest of the goddamn list, but, um, oh. but yeah, it's. I mean, horror is. You could call this a horror movie. Why not? You know, yeah. The Strangers is a horror movie. It's a home invasion movie, and no one asks any questions about that. You don't have to have a monster or an immortal slasher or a you know occult stuff well and i agree humans being awful can be horror and this is definitely qualifies in that regard yeah i I think like the second half like for sure because i was as i started watching it i messaged brian i'm like is this a horror movie (laughs) (laughs) i just waited a while and i'm like oh okay this is qualifies by the end you're like oh yeah brutal yeah yeah when he's going through the hallways and stuff there's some really creepy moments during that so that second half had almost like a late 70s, early 80s. Well, I mean, this was early 80s. It was 82, but like a Italian vibe. Like it kind of reminded me of the tone of um, House on the Edge of the Park. Oh, wow. Really? Interesting. Yeah. That's grimy. and that. yeah. Huh. It's what really brutal. Like it, it, it does not pull punches, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. It was definitely the most grindhouse you had the punch. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
and then a little um you know bowl cutted michael j fox shows up and you're like holy <laughs> shit he's adorable yeah <laughs> he's like 12 and- one of the uh, best performances I think I've ever seen from uh, Rowdy Roddy McDowell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jason and I were talking about talking about that last night. Like, I I love his performance in this. When the moment when uh, uh, the scene with him and the gun in his classroom. Holy, mm-hmm. that scene is awesome. Yeah, yeah. oh, that That's was really awesome. Good. And that, or when he walks I, in and sees his animals that have been uh, slaughtered. That that one's devastating. You you could you see a man fall apart at that moment. You see a man break at that moment when he sees his animals all slaughtered. So but, apparently they used real animals in that room. I mean, they didn't kill them, but they you know acquired them from somewhere. Uh, and, like uh, that, Walker. That, right. Yeah. And and that room smelled so bad that most of the actors go like you know there's hardly anyone comes in the room and there's a reason for that. Oh. <laughs> most of them are like fuck this. We're standing in the hallway. Wow. And they shot it at a real high school, thinking of the hallways, and the art department just sprayed all that graffiti on, thinking, oh, we'll, we'll be able to get rid of this. Mm, they couldn't get rid of most of it. <laughs> oh, shit. So, oh, shit. like, the next week when they were done shooting, then the real students came back, and there's all this just filthy stuff, <laughs> like vulgar, horrible things written on the walls. And it caused caused quite a stir amongst the high school students <laughs> until they could finally get it, like, painted over or whatever. Oopsie. Yeah, well, did you um did you guys notice too who uh who the writer of this movie was? Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom Holland, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just I don't know what it is um ever since Spider-Man Homecoming, I've just become a really big fan of Tom Holland. <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was when I when I heard him on I think the movie crypt. I just I just have been um, obsessed with Tom Holland. I went back and watched Psycho Two and realized just really how brilliant that movie is, and how ballsy that is to make a sequel all those years later of a classic like Psycho. And and it and it worked. It was like successful and stuff. So like Tom Holland to me, to me can do no wrong. So to saw to see that he was a writer on it was is is awesome and it was directed by uh, mark lester who also did the quote-unquote sequel did the class in 1999 that's a killer robot movie is it <clears throat> is i don't think the events are tied in is it it's just no more there's of a, that, he called it that because it was him so it would like maybe make people think it was a sequel i think i think it was more yeah more of that because yeah there's really other than like it's a school uh, it's a school of thugs and degenerates um, there's really no tie-in to cloud. I mean, it's it's definitely far more sci-fi than than this movie. I mean, more te- importantly, he directed Commando. Yeah, and Firestarter. <laughs> like he wasn't a nobody. Although more recently, he has directed uh, some sci-fi channel original movies, most notably Pterodactyl and Poseidon Rex. Yeah. So his his star fell a little bit yeah. after this one. But they they still can't top. Roller Boogie or uh, Armed and Dangerous. So. Guilty as charged. Roller Boogie? I think I've seen Roller Boogie. That might have played at B-Fest some year. That oh, sounds I, awful familiar. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. But come on, Armed and Dangerous? John Candy? Eugene Levy? Yeah, that's a good one, That's classic. I love that one. Yeah, good, 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 good. He also directed mm. Truck Stop Women, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is special. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen Truck Stop Women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who else has got thoughts on this? I, I'm really, I'm really shocked but excited to hear that it was everybody's first time. Like, like for me, I just it seems like just natural that everybody who's seen this movie before because I've I've watched it a million times. I used to have it on VHS. I have it. I have it on DVD and I have it on Blu-ray. So I'll, I'm going to be buying the Blu-ray now because I want to see what the extras are all about. And that, and that was really good. I'm, it's a, a movie that I'll definitely want to go back and revisit again. Mm-hmm. Cause it just it's like right in that sweet spot for me. That as as Mike uh, said, it was real grindhousey, and I like grindhousey movies. <laughs> and a lot of dudes in crop tops, especially like fat dudes with hairy bellies. I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I will say, like, if there's sometimes if there's a movie on the list I've seen before I'll, that I know very well, I'll be like, oh, I'll I'll either skip that or just sort of, you know, refresh myself, re- reread about it and stuff. This one I saw on the list, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna. I just watched this probably two months ago, and I'm like, I'm gonna put this back on because I showed a few. Like, I had a few friends over for a movie night, and like, what should we watch? I'm like, can we watch this? They're like, what is it? I'm like, I'm not telling you anything about it. Let's just watch it. <laughs> nice. And they enjoyed it. I mean. There's, it, it depends on the person, but you know, it's not. It, it's a great movie. I love it. I, I'd, say, I'd say probably over all of them. This is probably the one that really kind of tugged at the emotions more than anything else. Though, too, just watching Roddy McDowell just lose it, and then just the anger you feel, just you know, watching with what these uh, punks do to the teachers. Family yeah. and everything like that. It just, I mean, there's there's a couple times I almost thought it got a little bit tough at times. Hmm. I get frustrated when I watch a movie, and um, and of course I'm supposed to be, but like when he was in, you know, talking to the principal, and the the, you know, he's always he's siding on the students' side, and it's like, yeah, it's infuriating. I, I, I get that's what they're supposed to be doing, but that shows how effective it is. That I'm like, you know, damn it, he's he's they're getting away with all this shit, and there's no he's trying to help the school, and there's nothing he can do that will help, you know. Yeah. Yep. They set that right in the opening when, when he's walking through the doors and he's like, you know, hey, that kid got through with a knife. And McDowell's like, yeah, you know, everybody has to have something on them. Like, everybody has to have protection. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I was reading a, a little bit about, you know, some trivia and stuff before we started. And, you know, apparently it was based on some real-life events, like the thing where Roddy brings the gun to class. That that was a rip from the headlines moment. Oh shit! And it's interesting to see how things and and sad and scary and upsetting to get a little deep here for a minute to see how things have changed. Where it used to be that you know the the threat was from within. It was the fear of the youth gone wild and the you know the Reagan era uh, you know upper middle class you know being concerned about the the kids rebelling and all that stuff. And now the threat isn't. F- from within the school, it's some crazy motherfucker kicking in the doors with a machine gun. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think the hardest scene for me was like the actual home invasion where they rape the wife. That was yeah. rough. It was like, it was rough, but it could have been you know you guys comparing it to House at the Edge of the Park, where I, yeah. where it kind of throws me you know that that comparison kind of throws me off a little bit because like it's not. It's not overly exploitive, you know. They could have gone much worse with that rape scene. And it wasn't just from the rape scene. I mean, you could no, I know. I could have drawn that 
that comparison to any rape revenge movie because that wasn't the the basis of the whole movie that was just one thing in a string of of atrocities that these kids commit against the teacher but um that's just where the vibe really changed for me from where it went to kind of a like roughed up 80s-ified version of those 1950s youth gone wild movies that roger corman used to make to like okay now we are firmly in grindhouse territory here with this thing yeah yeah, it got to at, at that point. That's the point where you just can't wait for these guys to die, mm-hmm. and you want you, and you want it to be as brutal as possible. And a couple of them were were very satisfying. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man, my favorite is the guy that he gets his arm chopped off and then he gets thrown yeah. on on the the bandsaw. That was oh, awesome. Yeah, that's, oh, that was awesome. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, and like. You know, Mr. Norris tries to fight these kids by doing the right thing, but then that moment, for me, the mo- the turning moment for Mr. Norris in this movie is when he went to go, um, went to go talk to his mother, and his mother bitches him out, and, you know, and that, that's kind of, was also kind of like a, a prediction for the future, you know, parents putting the blinders on about, um, about what, the, what their kids are really doing, doing in school and stuff, you know, not my perfect angel, right? But, uh... Um, <clears throat> but then, like, Mr. Norris decides he's, like, kind of had enough of trying to do things by the book and then just trashes the shit out of that convertible. <laughs> that was freaking awesome. That was such a cathartic moment yeah. in the movie. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to admit, it was, I mean, I, I'll say first, the movie is really good, and like Tad was saying, it's because it's good is why... <laughs> I feel this way, but this I I had a hard time with this one. Like it was, yeah, it was a little too hard for me. Like it's good, but like I don't think I could ever watch it again, and I probably won't because I just can't. I have a hard time with movies where the guy can't catch a break. Just too hard. I get too wrapped up in it, and it's so you just watching it. I'm like, I know it's good, but this fucking sucks. I can't wait till it's over. <laughs> so. I mean, I loved it. It was great, but it was too hard for me. What'd you guys think of uh, Timothy Van Patten, the the, the main uh, punk guy, the leader? I fucking hated him, which I'm supposed to. So yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he he was really good at being really bad. Yeah, and the fu- I swear he was in some garbage movie that was on Mystery Science Theater. I can't think of what it is off the top of my head, but I know I know his name, and I'm positive that's where I know it from. <laughs> so apparently he could do good work when he had a director who knew how to tell him what to do. I'm trying to think. I can't remember if he is. I mean, if he's if he's one of the sons of uh, of Dick Van Patten. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. I that's I want to. He was in the the movie I'm thinking of. He was in it with Lee Van Cleef, and he's like a ninja or something in training. Oh <laughs> shit! I, what I, that. I, yeah. I cannot was think it the of the name. Show the master. Yeah, but it, show the master. Yeah, but it got edited like a few episodes wow, got edited wow. together into a movie, and that played on Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> so it might have just been called Ninja Master or something like that. It's I'm, I guess I'm drawing a blank on the exact title. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's got to be it. And he was just wooden and stupid and awful in that. So. <laughs> Am I on his IMDb page? And yeah. you know he's much older now, but you can Ma- definitely... Master Ninja. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I had the title backwards. 
Yeah, you could definitely tell he's a Van Patten now that he's in his older years. <clears throat> he's directed Sex in the City and um, Black Mirror and Game of Thrones and Sopranos. Oh, yeah, he's wow. got he's done a lot of TV. Done a lot of TV. Literally, the, the Wire, The Sopranos, and Game of Thrones. The dude's got like you know almost everything that's considered the best shows outside of Breaking Bad on his resume. He hasn't yeah. done any Doctor Who, loser. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did Deadwood. Okay. <laughs> so there. Huh? He must have some sort of contract with HBO. Yeah. Oh, that could be. Or he's just a big Sex in the City fan. Yep. Aren't we all? Yep. Well, cool. That was a great way of starting us off, man. Class of 1984. That's probably my favorite one on the list, too. Um, Brian, why don't you uh, pick a title? Okay, well, I'm going to bring up one that I gave me the same feeling Jason had of, fuck, this sucks and I can't wait till it's over. Oh, <laughs> but for probably different reasons. Cutting class. Oh, oh my <laughs> okay, God. Okay, I want to say, like, okay, I do purposely try to throw at least one turkey in there. And usually I love that, and I appreciate it so much, because I'm very much on that same wavelength with you, but, oh, oh, you are going to get such a punch in the dick next (laughs) time. But I promise you, this wasn't the one. This wasn't the one I was planning on. I I honestly thought it was going to be some, like, generic, maybe even kind of boring, like, like single white female kind of ripoff, you know? Or like a hand rocks to cradle type of thing where, you know, he's, he's, he's such a sweet, good guy, but like he does evil things and no one can catch him. But the one person that he keeps tormenting, you know, that's what I was expecting out of it. I did not expect what we got. And if you could also, if you look at the list, there was kind of a, another running theme that I did with this list, which is why school. Code class. Well, besides school. Subplot. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Another. Oops. Okay, I'm back. I accidentally hung up. <laughs> oh, okay. um, was the other running theme school? No, it wasn't school. Oh. That that is that's the main theme of this episode. Subplot. Um, the, no, the other one is like actors who their you know their first movies are a horror film. Yeah, you know, you got Michael were. J. Fox in in Class of 1984. You got Brad Pitt here in Cunning Class, and then another movie. will I won't spoil when we get to it, but. Um, so yeah, that was my other my other theme for this. So that's why that's the other reason why Cunning Class got put on this list. I had no idea it was going to be this movie, the, the movie that it was, man. So I, I have apologize. A question, I have a question. Uh-huh. Okay, we watched this on YouTube. How long was the runtime? Like I thought, it I repeated, swear the runtime yeah. in my mind was like over two hours. Yeah, it was. It was two hours and sixteen minutes. Okay. And at, well, at at around about an hour, I clicked the button to check the time. And saw that it was only an hour, and saw that the runtime was two hours and sixteen minutes, and I about had a panic attack. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh my like, fucking god, no, there's no see, way. Now I'm looking at IMDb, and it says the runtime is an hour and thirty minutes. It, it's yeah. an hour yeah. and thirty minutes. The, the video that I yeah. sent you guys repeats repeats the movie after the credits. Oh, yeah. I've I've run. They across didn't stick that around before. that long. Apparently, no. I mean, I watched to the end. It just seemed like it was actually two hours and fifteen minutes long. <laughs> so I thought that that's how long I was watching. We watched the director's cut. Yeah. Well, I wondered that for a minute, but I was like, man, yeah, if they cut like forty-five minutes out of that movie, it might be watchable. 
but then it wouldn't be a full-length movie. Never mind. Point is moot. <laughs> I, I'm, start, I'm starting to get the feeling that I'm the only person that really enjoyed this movie. I did. I, <laughs> oh, yay. I didn't hate it as much as everyone else. Because, maybe because I watched the Majorettes first, and I'm like, oh, it can't get worse, and I watched this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that that's the one that Mike put on to be the stinker, but I actually yeah. kind of enjoyed I, Me too. I, I enjoyed that one, so... <laughs> Well, I don't want to jump ahead because there's a lot to say yeah, about I, about okay, okay. Uh, cutting class. There's a lot to say, but I want to hear from Mike, the one guy who liked it. So, all right. Basically, the rundown of cutting class is uh, Brian. He's a kid that's just released from a mental institution, coming hey. back to school. <laughs> <laughs> Different Brian. <laughs> Different Brian. But. Um, he comes back and he's kind of ostracized. His former girlfriend, Paula, played by Joel Sholin, who's Woo! always fun in any of the uh, '80s horror movies. And his yeah, that was the highlight friend, for me. Seeing yeah. her in there. But. Oh yeah, she's just adorable all the way through that. Oh yeah. And then his uh, best friend Dwight, played by Brad Pitt, doesn't want anything to do with him. And then uh, start, uh, actually, it also starts off with uh, Paula's father played by martin mall of all people yeah crazy. who's gonna go on a who's gonna go on a hunting trip <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Which also is, to mention that he's the district attorney by the way right and he immediately gets shot right at the beginning by an arrow it's called out and shot and he spends he spends the entire movie trying to die or something like that <laughs> and he and he's like trying to call for help there's dogs sniffing him and stuff like that the entire class is like a field trip, and that's my favorite right part of the movie. <laughs> it's like, and only Martin Mall can really pull this off. That's why it was so awesome about him. And then, um, you know, Roddy McDowell is like this Roddy McDowell again, but this time he's like this total perv principal, which was just absolutely hilarious. But the way he was doing it was just really funny. <laughs> I just couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Terry, I, was, I think you would have liked this movie if you watched it with Mike Reed. I'm sure you would. Like, I was watching it and I was like, oh, this should be a fun ride. Not. And then Roddy McDowell came on and I'm like, yes, the movie is saved. And then he looks up a girl's skirt and I'm like, no, Kirby <laughs> Roddy McDowell. <laughs> the, the, the part where he was like, Looking longingly at his like microphone as he's taking the sock off of it, just <laughs> cracking it right there. And, and then sniffed <laughs> the sock. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, God, he was great, though. This movie's but awesome. Anyway, th th this movie had so many red herrings in it, you know, because you know, you're pretty sure who the real killer is, but they keep setting it up for whoever it could be. And it has then, a, it, a veritable rainbow of herring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, plus one other actor I have to give a shout out to is uh, Dirk Blocker. I always love that guy, especially in Brooklyn Nine Nine. But him as the gym teacher, and him jumping on that trampoline for I don't know apparent reason, and one of the greatest, uh, the probably the best kill in that entire movie is when they take the American flag, stick it up through the trampoline where he <laughs> impales himself on it. But in Holy the end, shit. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that was the Brooklyn Nine Nine guy until you Mike just said that. Yeah, Maggie, I was sitting here like, what? And I, I'm a like, huge Brooklyn Nine Nine fan. About? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
it's like, it's like uh, each other, Hitchcock or Scully. I can't remember which one, but. Uh, yeah. Like one of them. Face. They're together. Yeah, I'll tell you here in a minute. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, in the end, it does turn out to be Brian. He is the killer. And since uh, Martin Bold said that he was a killer, he decided to make himself a good killer. And, you know, had a nice little fight scene in the end. Seeing Brad Pitt's head get uh, twisted into vice is actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joel Schoen, you know, just you know, just putting the hammer to the guy's head—that was awesome. Yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah, and then they had it, had it had some really good effects in it. Some of the blood work is good. Yeah, I I had a really good time with this movie. <laughs> I feel like if I had watched this in like a group setting, I could have had fun with it. Maybe. Yeah. I just feel like it had good moments, but I think just the way that it was put together annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this this movie's a mess. It's a, like it's a big mess. Gag, like the Martin Mull gag. Oh, like, yeah. I love when they do <laughs> gags like that in movies. But where there's I, some, like some guy, his only thing is just be like, Tr- just out of reach of help or whatever the whole time. Like, that's funny, but they did not do a good job it? of it. But the, the, but I pose the question: Is it like deathbed? Is it supposed to be funny? That was that was going to be my question. And first of all, yes, deathbed so. is supposed to be funny, and it is funny. That's, I'm still not sure. Like, <laughs> th- this movie, like the the end, the final scene where he finally stumbles <laughs> back and like, you better not be cutting class. Like that's well, I know. a joke. Yeah, it's clearly a, a joke. But. And I did see it referenced as a horror comedy in a few other places, but there isn't a single other moment in the movie that could be easily identified as humorous, at least not on purpose. <laughs> they're, they're, I think they tried to be, but they just weren't very... Like, they unless, unless the filmmakers just think ogling women is inherently funny. Well, I get it. There could be like a character in even the most serious of horror films that could be the comic relief. You know, there you can have. You know, I, to me, perfect horror movies have have a bit of levity in it because you know horror yeah. movies are a roller coaster ride, and you need to have that release. But at that level of downright slapstick that goes on with the Martin Mull character in this movie. Is doesn't fit but, at all in what's going on with the rest the other, of the movie. None of the stuff besides the very end played like it was even meant to be funny. Exactly. Like the uh, well, it at just least it was him level. like stumbling around lost in the swamp, which I suppose just because he would had to have been in that swamp for like a week just stumbling around going, yeah. Help me. Yeah, like, that was my question that, too. Is that like supposed to be funny? That that was like, my question too. Like how long was he in that freaking swamp? You know, and it was obviously close enough to where the school can have a field trip to it. (laughs) Yeah, I thought he died in the first five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie doing? (laughs) Well, and I think that Roddy McDowell's character was supposed to be funny, too, even though it just made me sad. This was (laughs) one of the most pervy, lecherous movies I have ever seen. And there is only one very... very one short instance of actual naked breasts, but just the overall tone of the, like the constant looking up girls' skirts and the innuendos. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe that's meant to be funny, but it just comes off as like, was this made by ten year olds? Like, what the fuck? It's locker room talk, Brian. Uh, <laughs> so boys will be boys. 
your, this beer is famous <laughs> as Brad Pitt, you can just grab him by the pussy and it's okay. Like, yep. Okay. Oh, God. Said the P word. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Go to hell. Oh. It felt so fucking long, and the tone didn't make any sense. And all of the different characters it kept throwing at you to make you feel like, well, maybe they're the killer. Like, all right, we fucking get it. It's a mystery. Jesus Christ, I don't even care. <laughs> By the end of the movie, it's like, I don't care who the killer is. Just roll the credits. Go away, movie. Yeah, like Mike said, uh, I didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be. And, and I feel like, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, that's it. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, like, it, it made me a little angry, like... They'd been hinting that it was uh, the Brian guy the whole time. And then when it actually was him, I was a little pissed. Because I'm like, so you've just been telling me who it was the whole movie. Like, this isn't... <laughs> and then they try to make this big deal that it's actually like, Brad Pitt's oh, character. It's actually Brad Pitt for like five minutes. And they're like, nope, it's really me, huh? Yeah. What the fuck? But it also could have been the crazy janitor. See, Jenner is my oh, favorite character. And if you think Rodney McDonald's character was pervy, you know, he's got nothing on that janitor. Pervy, dude. It was gross. My so favorite... you're mad that the movie tricked you and you didn't know who the killer was. You guys are mad that it, it pulled pulled the wool over your eyes that you're trying no, to tell. No, no, I, I'm, to do. I'm mad that it I'm did it so it did it in a clumsy way that instead of making an actual <laughs> mystery, it just kept bombarding you with more characters who might be the killer. Like, th there was no craft to it. There was no... I didn't wonder. I like, just didn't care. It just, yeah, it just made... <laughs> it just made me tired by the end of the movie. I, like I said, I don't even give a shit who the killer is anymore because yeah. they've, they've suggested like 15 fucking people at this point. Just end it. Please end it. Or you're gonna. Right. Like, and I thought that the scene right before they reveal that it's Brian, the um, the one in, like the, with the math teacher, oh, yeah. like, like, oh, this could be kind of fun. Like, they're making him solve this stupid math problem that they said, like, however many times throughout the movie. Like, oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and then it went on way too long. And then... The reveal was just—I don't know. It seemed very anticlimactic to me. Well, I don't know. Let's see. I'm trying to—I don't know who this director is. I'm gonna look. Oh, great! Now my computer's not working. Um, but uh, this person had no concept of how to make a horror movie, and I even questioned on how to make a movie because, like, structurally, <laughs> it's just off. Like there's no there's no moments of tension in this movie, or uh, any real any real like uh, scary oh, moments. Oh dear. Or... Well, this uh, this could explain <laughs> yeah. some stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the director was named Rospo Pallenberg. Okay. And uh, <laughs> he this was the only movie he ever directed, but he was a writer and second unit director on Exorcist to the Heretic. Nice. And had some sort of minor producer role in Deliverance. <laughs> he wrote ex he, he wrote Excalibur though. Yeah, I do like Excalibur. I have a feeling that by the time um, John Borman got done with that script, Rospo Pallenberg's hand was nowhere near it. Yeah. 
Alright. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? He also uh he also wrote uh, the Emerald Forest which which is also uh John Borman as well. Hmm. Yeah, they must have been great partners. Well, actually, Exorcist he recognizes two. a good writer. Okay, Exorcist Two <laughs> was John Borman as well, wasn't it? So this guy must be buddies with him, and, yeah. and for fuck, so is Deliverance. <laughs> so, well, hey, at least he didn't write this one. So this guy has some really incriminating photographs of John Borman. <laughs> 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 He just should have. I, I'm just saying, the movies he did work on, he should have been paying a little more attention on how things work. On a, yeah, but you know, but movie. the guy, the writer Steve Slavkin, wrote "Salute Your Shorts" episode, so <laughs> I'm on I'm on his side. Nice. I could totally see that. So and that that tells me that yes, it was meant to be funny. <laughs> yes, yeah. he wrote "Salute Your Shorts," um, "Extreme Ghostbusters," uh, even Stevens and Power Rangers. So. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then he gave him his one shot, and he failed. Well, he never did it again. I mean, I did enjoy the writing. My favorite line in this movie is like, they're towards the end when, um, when Paula thinks that it is Brad Pitt's character that's the killer, and she's trying to help the uh, help uh, Brian escape or get away or whatever, and they can get confronted by the janitor, and the janitor's like. Uh, you're the killer. You're gonna. I'm gonna kill you or whatever. And and she just screams, "You're wrong!" <laughs> yeah, that is brilliant writing. <laughs> oh fuck this movie! All six and a half hours of it. <laughs> yeah, I love that both you and Terry saw the uh, runtime on YouTube and were convinced you actually sat through two yeah. and a half hours. Yeah, I really uh, thought it was that long. When it was a normal movie, it was a normal length movie, guys. I I, I checked the runtime really nice. at about at about an hour. At, at which point I had, at which point I was already convinced I had sat through almost an entire movie and it had to be over, and then, and then saw the full runtime and freaked out a little bit, and then realized no, I've I've seen this happen on YouTube before. This must be a either a leaked thing or there's trailers after it or something else. But no, I was just, I was just sitting there, like rubbing my temples trying to make the migraine go away like is this is this has to be close to over oh fuck it's only been an hour i want to die <laughs> oh man because you know a a horror movie that turns out to be bad is accidental comedy and that can still work but a comedy that isn't funny is mm-hmm. just fucking torture yeah well okay so you had made a comment online when um I don't remember who said it, said that this should play at B-Fest, and you made the comment about how, like, that'll be the one year you skip or whatever. Uh, yes. But but you, I got it. You made that comment. You were the one who said Or no, uh, Tad said he was going to sponsor it. I said it I was going to sponsor it. Oh, that's it, right. And um, that's going to be a, a surprise. <laughs> uh, but my question to everybody is, do you think this would be more fun in a group setting like that, though? How much have I had to drink? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would probably enjoy, like, being angry at it with other people, but I don't know how much fun it would be. Like, I feel like it would be a repeat of the fucking uh, 
Sergeant Pepper Lonely Hearts Club band <laughs> yes, that we was. experienced at B-Fest where everyone was just screaming, like, turn it off! What is happening? <laughs> Which actually <laughs> is just a hair over two hours long, but still. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would be more of that experience than, ha okay, this is movie's dumb, we're having fun. Mm, I, no, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it would be it would be more fun in a group setting. I mean, I'm laughing my ass off at this conversation right now of all of us talking about this movie. Like, this is a fun conversation. I could, so, yeah, I don't know. but you would enjoy just sitting in the back of all of us watching it. You would, like, sit there and laugh at us being pissed off is what would happen. Yeah, that's true. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I promise you this was purely accidental. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. Uh, <clears throat> For the record, um, Brian, by you know going off on your on your angry rant about this movie, you're encouraging Mike to keep oh, adding I... shit like this to the list. <laughs> so I, next I time, know. next time, can we pretend that we like the garbage and you'll stop putting it on the list? <laughs> you, you, usually, I really do like the garbage. So this was <laughs> this was true. kind of a. This was kind of a, a curveball for me. <laughs> That's just how things roll with my life. I mean, he, he got me to watch Don't Look in the Basement, and I've never looked back. Yeah. yeah. I'm still trying this, to get her to movie, watch the sequel. This movie was my Don't Look in the Basement. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's cool. I'm finding everybody's breaking point. This is outstanding. I can't, I, I'm going to keep going. What could break Tad? Let's see. He, he'll just keep going until it's just him talking on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and to answer the question, um, uh, Hitchcock is the uh, character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine that Dirk Blocker uh, plays. So, there you go. Uh, all right, so we can we could probably move on from... I don't want to, but we can move on from Cutting Class. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see, Terry, what movie do you want to talk about? Oh, goodness. Um, how about Elena? Okay. Elena. However you say it. I can't remember. Um, it is a foreign film. I don't know the country of origin off the top of my head, but, um... It was it was all right. It's a <laughs> this is a good description. <laughs> I definitely thought it was the best, like quality wise. I mean, not story wise, like just like looking like the best, best production. Quality. Yes, best production quality. Thank you. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, basically, this new girl arrives at a boarding school. And there's, like, mystery behind where she came from or her old school or what happened and something bad must have happened. And then she immediately starts getting bullied by some douchebags on the lacrosse team. And that's she basically just gets bullied the whole time. All the while having this mysterious friend... um, I think it was Josephine was her friend's name who you just kind of see sporadically and then uh, shit starts to hit the fan and gets revealed um, 
spoilers that Josephine is dead. Da da da. And she's imagining her the whole time. And then bitches die. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like this movie, but my whole thing is that I thought it was a little predictable. Sure. Like, the second that her friend Josephine showed up by the squeak by the swings while she was out smoking a cigarette. I'm like, oh, she's dead. Like, I knew immediately. Like, just the way that they had filmed it, it gave it away too much to me, I think. But, um, it was still, it was still good. I still liked it. It was just dark and moody and, um, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it was, was alright, but I'm not like thrilled. Like. I, I like the vibe of it, but yeah, I totally. As, as soon as like you said, her friend showed up. It's like, oh, why is she not in school? Oh, duh, she's a ghost, yeah. of course. <laughs> or she, it will ghost and or it's I I viewed it more as it, she was in her head. Oh, well, like yeah. it's, a, it's like she's just you know. Yeah, where, vision, whereas uh, what is that? Elaine is actually the one doing everything. Right, but at the same time, like I, I how much I didn't think the movie was hinged on this big reveal. Like I know it was. Well, no, because they they definitely, I mean, at the beginning it seems like it's a mysterious thing, and then they start of sort of start to reveal it, like in the when they lock the girl in the the shower room with her. And then all of a sudden, her friend's just there, like, mm, yeah, no, you can't go through locked doors. So that was kind of a reveal, really. Yeah, I thought there were lots of little, little things and hints, and it wasn't so much about that she was dead, but more just about why and how and what it meant, you know. And I don't right. know. I like this one a lot. That scene was. The, by far the most effective one in the movie. Like I yeah. was really, really nervous when that started happening because I thought, "Oh, this is going to go really bad," <laughs> and then it it did not go nearly as badly as I thought it was going to. Like I I was firmly convinced that was going to go into some super uncomfortable territory. Yeah, like it's um, because for the listeners. Um, Elena is pushed into the shower room, locked in with another lacrosse player by the the bullies of the team, and they tell her basically to like do lesbian things with her because you know, and they told her to use her fucking lacrosse racket. Is that what you call a lacrosse? Uh, I think it's called a fuck a fuck stick. A fuck stick? Okay. <laughs> well, so they told her to use her fuck stick to <laughs> fuck her, basically. Um, <laughs> but what's hilarious, I mean, not really hilarious, but I've been watching through Law & Order SVU, and I literally had just watched an episode <laughs> where a boy gets molested in the locker room with a hockey stick up his ass. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, 
really? How many <laughs> things am I going to watch with this theme? <laughs> I got but a couple more movies for you then. Happen, but I was just like, oh god, not again. And then you saw Majorettes on the list and realized they used batons, and it was like, oh no! (laughs) This is the Olympic episode! (laughs) (laughs) Just wait till somebody brings out the curling brooms. (laughs) (laughs) The ice skates, man. Ow! (laughs) I I like this one. Yeah? Yeah, uh... (laughs) I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but um, <coughs> I'm, I don't know, after watching some of these, the some, some cinematography is appreciated. I was going to say, uh, just something with some production value. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like a, a third generation VHS, that's good, had that going for it. Um, yeah, I, the, some of the scenes, like I had that oh shit thing going on, and like Brian said, it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe we're just all sick fucks and we're <laughs> desensitized, but it's like the stuff you come up with in your head can sometimes be worse than what happens. But, you know, sort of reminiscent of Carrie in that way. Um, you know, they constantly are torturing the the outcast of the school who's comes from a different background without as much money. And, you know, they're the main, the main uh, lead sort of bitch character in the movie. She's you know, driven to the point of, I don't know, sort of anger and jealousy to the point where she's turns out to be, you know, absolutely insane and batshit. But uh, yeah. I really, I, I like this one. Um, you know, it's it's worth a watch if you're listening and, and wondering out of this group. Class of 1984 and this one are both I would recommend. Yeah, this one's on Shudder. Yeah. Check it out. Um. Yeah. It was Something just... else. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, oh, no, I didn't. I'm just mumbling. Something else I found interesting about this one. It's, I I didn't check in to see what close her uh, what country it was made in. It's Scandinavian, obviously, but I don't know if it Danish or Norwegian or what. But um, it's interesting to me the way the lesbianism was handled in it. And not interesting because there's lesbianism in it and ooh la la, right. but because it was not handled in an exploitive way or even in right. a suggesting that it was slightly taboo and dangerous kind of. It was way. just like natural, this, right? Yeah. Right, because it you know in an American movie, I think even now there would be a hint of the like her her fling with another girl would be part of what made her an outcast and that would be something they'd go after her for but in this it's just yeah of course that's fine they're two people who like each other good enough like it's just completely <laughs> offhand and it's not done in a, in a manner that's meant to titillate it's just yep. it, it helps to humanize them and, and their relationship just seems natural so I thought it, was it seemed cool. like there were a lot of lesbian relationships though like well it's an all girl school so right I which i guess that, i was just like is this a school of lesbians like oh no they're just, they're just swedish lesbians? they're just swedish <laughs> That's how they roll. But, yeah i mean things will happen when you're boarded up with just the same sex i'm sure but no it doesn't 
<laughs> oh, what's that? Say that? What? <laughs> Said that a little, a little too fast. Sorry, sorry. Words can hurt. <laughs> cool. I, I, I'm gonna say I think the one thing I thought about I kind of wished on this movie is yeah about five minutes you know once you f- saw the dead girl or whatever I just kind of figured out oh it's gonna be her all the, all along and I was actually really kind of disappointed in that and then they got me just you know, as, as I started watching that I was like hmm I could be watching uh, high tension right now damn it <laughs> you know uh. mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and it just had that. Whereas like, I think it would have been really cool if the dead girl was actually a spirit, actually doing physical shit. That would have been cool. I would love to have seen that. But you know, it's like, uh, you know, it, it felt like I'd seen this before. Yeah. Or or failing failing that if Alina had at least chopped somebody up with a concrete saw. Well, that would have been. Cool. <laughs> that would have been really cool. <laughs> but I liked I liked that it was subtle all the way around on all the things. Even if it was yeah. similar, I know our sick minds want more, but <laughs> it is really I enjoyed subtle, that it's which subtle all I the way appreciated. Yeah. yeah. My one big question, though, is was she, like, living alone? Like, or what was that? Like, I guess I'm. I mean, they're at a boarding school, so they should. Shouldn't they be living in the school? I didn't. I guess I was confused. Because she like had a little house by herself. Yeah, cause you never did see mom, did you? No, like it. Yeah, she was yeah, definitely saw, alone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you saw there was there was a note saying, "You know, hey, I'm working late. Love mom on the dinner." But that was it. So, oh, I was kind of wondering. I don't even remember but, that. <laughs> but it made me wonder. Is like, was that is mom in her head too? Yeah, probably. Alright. Cool. So it's a recommend then or Yeah. I recommend it. What did you think, Mike? I didn't get to watch it. <clears throat> That's why I haven't said shit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. The movie is beautiful the movie is beautifully shot though. Yeah. I'll i I'll give it that. It it is real beautifully shot. Yeah, I like the atmosphere of it. All right, well, so we should probably move on. Um, who hasn't who hasn't gone? I've lost track. Mike, what movie do you want to talk about? Um, let's see here. I kind of did. I did cut in class, but I could probably do another one here. Oh, that's. Oh, you, you did pick cut in class. Okay. Well, no, I, I picked cutting class. He just talked about it because he's the one who liked it. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. <clears throat> so go ahead, Mike. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, I'll go with. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the majorettes. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and wow, that was something else. <laughs> This, you know, the first thing I gotta say is John Russo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um. Well, what was funny is like I'm watching this movie, and I get done with it. And all I, all I can think of is like, 
this is actually before I listened to uh, your last podcast. All uh-huh. I could think of was like, wow, this guy really likes a convoluted plot. <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there's more going on in this movie than any than anything needs to be than anything needs to be. Yeah, it well, just can't decide what movie it wants to be. <laughs> yeah, but basically, what it is is um, there's a town where, where apparently the hottest girls in school are the high school band majorettes. Which okay, whatever. Like, there was a day. <laughs> <laughs> so and then uh, basically what it is there's somebody going around killing uh killing some of these girls and but then they're also dipping them on water as of like a baptism cleansing or whatever so you get a little of a religious thing going on um you got this weird subplot of one of the majorettes who lives with her invalid grandmother who is being taken care of by the this real bitch of a nurse? Who is basically just tells tells the grandmother she can't wait for her to die. She's constantly telling her she can't wait for her to die. So then she can try and kill the kill the uh, granddaughter and get the money. And she lives there also with like her perverted son who likes to take pictures of the girls and everything like that too. And then about. Two thirds to three quarters of the way through, way through the movie, it does a change I haven't seen since probably from *Dust Till Dawn* or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good comparison. And all of a sudden, it it turns into like this '80s revenge. We're gonna shoot the shit out of everybody movie. <laughs> and oh my, and that's like because I is at that point I was actually really starting to. You know, think about cleaning out my cat box or something like that, because I was starting to get bored. And then, <laughs> then, wow, all of a sudden, it just really had my attention again. And there's, like, more gun bullets, there's more bullets shot in this movie than, I don't know, I think, like, the last Rambo movie I saw. But, damn. <laughs> yeah, because there's, like, another uh, another subplot of uh, these, um, it's kind of like a uh, gang with uh, someone drugs and everything like that. And they uh, wind up kidnapping uh, the one girl and her boyfriend. There winds up being like a shootout in this garage. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, that's just when you know things are just going totally different. Um, Final girl? Not so much. Didn't expect that. <laughs> exactly. And, then, you know, <laughs> and so then uh, boyfriend decides to take revenge on everybody. Somehow loses his shirt and the whole thing. Blows up cars. Shoots everybody. And, yeah, wow. Oh, by the way, this killer is still out there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just totally forgets the the, uh, uh, first two-thirds of the movie and just kind of turns into this 80s schlock action movie, which, like I said, it got my attention again. Yeah, it it pulls that change (laughs) off with some quite a bit of a plum because man they blow the shit out of everything <laughs> cars exploding campers exploding it's nuts <laughs> and that it's funny that you said the ram i suppose like rambo is a, a common action movie to yeah. draw parallels to but like that was in our uh <laughs> facebook chat yeah. group that was i was kind of 
commenting as I was watching it, and Mike was, I think, getting a kick. I was like, wait, what the fuck? It's Rambo now? <laughs> <laughs> I died laughing when you posted that, because, like, that's when I'm like, oh, he's watching this. He, he's posting stuff about it in real time while he's watching it. So I loved it. I loved getting to uh, experience while you were watching it. Because this movie goes fucking off the rail. It does not know what it wants to be. <laughs> The uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No. Well, yeah, that was it, it. It was. I thought it was really boring in the first one. It was just a slasher movie. This was yeah. when I said Mike was getting a punch in the wiener earlier. This was actually the movie I initially threatened that for because I saw John Russo and Bill Heinzman's names at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god, this uh-huh. is gonna be terrible. Yeah, after talking about Midnight on the um, Backwoods Horror, I'm like, but, but oh, that, I gotta figure out a way of working all the Russo movies in now. That that was fun bad, though. Like, I, I actually enjoyed Midnight. And then I, it turns out I really like this one, too. Like, I had, and again, as you said, Mike, you know, you're thinking about going and cleaning out the litter box. Like, this movie had very nearly completely lost my interest. Like, I'm gonna start playing with my phone in a minute here. Like, take a nap. I don't know. And then, yeah, it turned. It becomes in rapid succession a revenge movie, a a biker movie. Uh, and by the way, what the fuck up was that? The biker gang. What the fuck was up with them? With they were being led by one of the high school students. Who has? There, there was. They were specifically talking about it was a high schooler who was selling those drugs. But the rest of the bikers are like. 40 years old. <laughs> Why are they following this fucking high school student? What and, is... and this high school, this main drug dealer guy, he looks like a freaking, like, a magician or something. He's got, like, this perfect, like, perfectly, this perfect black hair and this finely trimmed goatee. He looks like someone who, had they made a Doctor Strange movie at this time, they would have hired this guy to play Baron Mordo. Oh, yes, like, Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah well, had they made a Doctor Strange movie at this time for six dollars they would have fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah continuing the torture you guys with the as I call it the other people from Pittsburgh that make movies you know uh, what after these like you're two for two I'm looking forward to more of them bring it on nice I, I want to see more of these things now sweet I gotta figure out how to get heart stoppers into uh, into it because we'll have to do another vampire episode. But you're also gonna see too, like and you've noticed it now with both Midnight and Majorettes. Like, you know, one subplots go off the rails in both of these, but two, there's heavy there's heavy religious tones in all of his stuff too, which I don't under which I don't understand where that's coming from. Like, I even have an original copy of Russo's Return of the Living Dead book paperback. And that whole book has, I mean, it has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. They basically just paid John for the title and threw his book away. Because, um, uh, and, because, uh, the book basically is a sequel to Night of Living Dead, where the world has kind of grown accustomed to the dead coming back to life, and it has to deal with this, this, like, religious cult that, like, is worshipping the living dead or something crazy like that, and... And I'm like Russo, what, what, what's going on with your religious beliefs here, man? You're you're really getting waist deep in this, in these religious overtones. But 
I'm I I want to read the novel that this because it said based on the novel Majorettes by John Russo. All all of his now I'm kind of yeah all of his writing all of the stuff he's either written or directed were once novels because I have I have again I have Return of the Living Dead and I also have The Awakening which was the original title for um, Heartstoppers. That's yeah I kind of want to check some of these out and see if his novels are as bonkers as his movies and it's that thing you were talking about the cult worshiping the dead in the return of the living dead novel that's interesting too because it's some of that kind of i don't think he had anything to do with the movie but kind of finds its way into the dead next door so i wonder if J.R. bookwalter took a little inspiration from yeah i've kind that. of always wondered that too absolutely yeah um yeah and what about what about uh mr russo as an actor too right he was a mortician yeah he was the mortician at the pool the pool scene and oh, i love no. it i love it too his <laughs> my favorite part well first of all he's just so yeah and and like we also found out that she was pregnant you know and like he's just so <laughs> soft-spoken and, and monotone like you can barely hear him but my favorite part is when he exits the scene you need to go back and watch it and watch it closely because John Russo is is a small guy. And if you watch that scene, um, it starts off with a wide shot with the three of them standing there by the pool. And John Russo is way shorter than the other two. But when it cuts to the medium shot of all three of them, Russo is almost the same height as the other two. And so when he exits, he's like exiting on a, on a trail of apple boxes. So you just see him like carefully step and you can hear the boxes just like... As he's exiting the scene while the other two are still talking. It's freaking hilarious. I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> I totally missed that. I, um... <sighs> Terry loved it too. That's awesome. I mean, honestly, you know, the only thing I really want to say about it is that I'm disappointed that it didn't have more to do with marching bands. <laughs> <laughs> Because I saw the title, I'm like, ooh, a band horror movie? Yes! Because I'm a super band geek. But, I don't... And I guess, we in our high school, we didn't have majorettes. Like, that we had just, like, flags who did twirly things. And then we had drum majors. And I was a drum major. So for a second, I also thought maybe it could be, like something to do with drum majors and i was like yes this is the best horror movie and then it was it <laughs> it was the second best horror movie she's ever seen uh-huh. there's a there's an interview on the dvd with john russo and he's talking about yeah they, back in this back in the time they were making all these like all these cheerleader horror movies and and i thought well I'll call mine majorettes because every town has majorettes and everybody knows what majorettes are. And I'm like, no, no, they don't. They know what cheerleaders are. <laughs> what are you talking about, John? You fucking own this movie? Hell yeah! I do! <laughs> I do! I lay, what does Ted think? <laughs> Other than he clearly loves it. He wants to know where you can buy a copy since he's asking. Oh, I'll hook you up. Yeah, uh, do that. <laughs> Don't let them find out when your birthday is, or you're going to get it. 
You get the whole. That's Russo okay. Collection. I'm pretty good at regifting, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't like it then, Tad? I take it. Um, I don't. I like no. I wouldn't say I liked it. Um, I didn't. I I, I don't loathe it. I I like to give you a hard time for making <laughs> us watch this stuff, but uh, at least when it switched tones and it was like, what the fuck is going on? I I feel like I maybe I was doing something like I was double tasking. I looked up and I'm like, did I fucking did did the movie end and like YouTube shuffled and went to a different movie with the same actors? <laughs> like like what is I'm like so I I literally like pulled it back and I'm like nope. There's like there there should be there should be like a uh like a title screen that's like and here we go like where it just fucking literally switches over because it's it's clearly. Yeah, it feels like two movies pasted together. Um, but I like the, you know, the bonkers end to it. It was, I mean, like you said, fucking explosions and shooting and whatever. You know, it's it's not, it's, it's putting it in the same, um, using um, Rambo or From Dust Till Dawn in the same sentence as this movie is disrespectful. <laughs> but I, see, I know what you're going for. You're not comparing them as in quality. You're comparing them in um, the the, especially in From Dust Till Dawn, the the very quick change in in tone. But um, okay, what's well, Rambo? How about Chuck? How about Chuck Norris? That work better? Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a little more, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It just it didn't do much for me when I started watching it. I'm like. Oh damn it, Mike! Why? <laughs> <laughs> like the opening credits, I'm like, ah, oh, jeez. I was not like Terry. I was not excited to see a marching band. I was not hoping for a, more marching bands. But by the by the you know by the turning point, I was like, you know, anything has to be better. So maybe marching bands would have been better, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also another sub sub theme with this uh, with these series of films, and that's creepy janitors. So. We should just yeah. do an episode on that. On creepy janitors. <laughs> yeah. I'm just uh. glad Ted got through the font. You know, he didn't. <laughs> if the that's font true. was just a little worse, he would have. He might have quit the show. There's, I mean. If we're going, you know, if, if that's gonna, if is this gonna be my my segment on the show now? Uh, because class of nineteen eighty, class of nineteen eighty four has fucking awesome fonts throughout everything. That, I mean, it's got to, you know, it has to win on this episode is on um, the font levels, and if and if you're a Patreon subscriber. You will understand why I talk about fonts on every episode. Ooh, so nice. pay pay some money, get that bonus episode, so you're not wondering why I have a font fetish. Fearful I, fonts, Tad segment. Oh, nice. I was gonna say, oh, nice. gonna say font, <laughs> font you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I I just I'm so proud, <laughs> I'm, and excited. Oh. That two for two now of the Russo catalog, and Jason has has liked them both. Crazy, right? So, you haven't said much. Oh, I'm just having fun listening to you guys. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I just I thought it was a lot of fun, and you know those 
blue leotards just do something i guess <laughs> i don't know i love how this is supposed to be like a slasher movie and yet none of us has talked about the, the uh, slasher element of this movie it's all about like, like weird the, guy shows up the, it's all about either the, the majorettes yeah. themselves or the uh the crazy second act so yeah all right. i liked it i, I <laughs> it, was, it was just fun cool you could, i could see the heart in it like i probably said with the last one yeah so yeah you know that I, and then i think that's what attracts me to these films because like they, i don't know what what ha- happens with these guys but they, the their films are not that good but i love them unconditionally and maybe that's because i can i know the heart that's behind it i don't know but you know part 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 of me is i'll I'll keep watching john rosa movies just because i've met the guy and the guy is a super awesome he's super nice he's a super nice guy i'll watch anything that guy does just you know even those dirty old man movies or whatever but you know what yeah santa claus Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and same here. I've met him a couple times, and he is—he is a really nice guy. And you know, and I, I just all those guys. I just—I I wish the best for them, and I would love for them to, you know, have the have the success that Romero did. You know, um, I mean, I'm glad that they uh, that they still get to to work in the field, and that they are, you know, that they are loved for you know Night of Living Dead and, and whatnot. But uh, you know. There's more to those guys than just Night Living Dead, so... They will get the respect Romero did when they make a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got Heart Stopper right here. What's the wrong time on it? Uh, 96 minutes. Yeah, okay. Is <clears throat> that, that... Okay. So one left. One movie left to talk. Two movies left? What am I missing? Jason, what's another movie we need to talk about? There's two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary. Prom Night oh, 2. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about Prom Night 2. I don't tell about movies. Anybody want to describe <laughs> Hello, Mary Lou Prom Night 2? There's like a weird like um, horse in a room and... <laughs> <laughs> I somehow knew you were going to go straight for the rocking horse. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to explain this one. Someone, anybody Um, else can. I'll try, I guess. Um, So, flashback to 57, I think. Yep. Uh, Prom. There's this um, chick who's a complete dick. And her boyfriend gets pissed at her because she's cheating on him backstage on prom night. And so he goes to um, shoot a smoke bomb at her as a joke and sets her on fire and she dies. And then jump to the future and that guy is now Michael Ironside, who is the principal of the school. And it's prom season, and this girl needs a prom dress, and her mother won't buy her a new one because she's a dick. So she goes and digs through the theater dresses, and 
um, opens up this chest which has relics from the prom of 57 and she releases the spirit of Mary Lou and becomes possessed and goes on a rampage. Basically. That's a pretty good description. (laughs) Good job. I gotta tell you, me personally... This is still. This has been, and this will always be my favorite of the entire Prom Night series. Prom Night's one of those franchises that that none of the movies have anything to do with one another. I mean, technically, three still uses the Mar- the uh, Mary Lou character, but it's totally way different. It's like more of a comedy, and it's it's a different actress playing playing Mary Lou, and Mary Lou's like motives of coming back from the dead are way different than in this movie so it's almost as if the two aren't even related but but man i've always loved this movie and it's definitely one of those movies from the era of let's cash in on the success of freddy krueger because the whole mary lou character especially there when she resurrects at the end uh she's all burnt up and stuff so mm-hmm. and, and and then you got some of the you know cheesy little one-liners here and there and stuff like that so but yeah, that that's my. I mean, I've always really enjoyed this movie. I think I thought you know the effects are great. There's definitely some you know little creepy elements with the rocking horse looking its uh, sticking its tongue out, or uh, <laughs> when she's when she's making out with her own dad and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that, that's uh, he doesn't pull away from it either. Yeah, no, that's, that's the, the gross worst part. part. So and then the, and then of course you got Mark, Michael Ironside. You know, hey, you know, how can you go wrong with with a movie that's got Michael Ironside in it? And how, a, how about the scene where he almost gets hit in the face with a boom mic that swings so goddamn low into the shot? <laughs> oh, where was that? I, <laughs> the, I missed the that. The scene where he's where he's talking to the is it a, like a priest or a pastor, like somebody who's explaining why there's this vengeful spirit back and what he might be able to do about it. It's just like him and another dude standing in a like a brown wood paneled room talking, and there's a scene where he damn near gets clocked with the boom mic. It comes down so far. Oh shit! I need to, I need to watch it again now. Damn it! <laughs> I'm not complaining, but I don't know how I missed that. I, I don't either, because it's practically a third character in the scene. <laughs> oh man. And then, like, how how good of a job did they get for finding a young-looking Michael Ironside in the beginning of the movie, right? I mean, I guess all you got to have is yeah. a really big forehead, but... So, yeah, thoughts. I love this movie. What about anybody else? A lot I of fun. I loved all the kills. The oh, yeah, there was some definitely good kills. Really in good effects and kills. This one's fun, man. It's just, like, a good fun 80s horror movie yeah mm-hmm. the the effects of her resurrecting at the end are really cool and it starts out as as a full uh, animatronic or rod controlled or whatever but like when it first comes out it's you know rips its way out of the the girl yeah. it's a puppet yeah and then it you know slowly becomes mary lou through different stages of makeup and that horse is pretty goddamn creepy too like the way its eyes look those red eyes with like the snake slit pupils those are pretty cool mhm and 
this was originally meant to be a standalone movie and it was a case of like well let's call it prom night too so it'll you know people will know the title and it'll sell more tickets so was prom night like uh you know the cloverfield of the 80s uh yeah (laughs) exactly and i am also a big fan of the song that the movie takes its title from so i'm glad that they actually spent the money to put it in there it was originally written by gene pitney and first recorded by johnny duncan but the really famous version that you hear in the movie is the ricky nelson one from 1961 i grew up listening to oldies radio so before i became a metalhead like i can sing along to any beach boy song you care to play (laughs) so yeah i i was happy to hear the song even though you don't get to hear very much of it Me too. <laughs> oh, one other little fun fact. Um, the guy, uh, was it Brock Simpson, the guy that plays the role of Josh in this, is one actor that's actually been in all four Prom Night movies. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. That's There's cool. four of these goddamn things? Yeah, there's four of them. <laughs> yeah, there's four of them. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the, the third one brings back the Mary Lou character, but it I always see that movie more as a comedy and I, I mean I really like that one a lot too. I think it's is that the last is it the last kiss? Is that the third one? I think so. Uh, and then I, f- I forget what the fourth one's called and it's uh, again completely different than any of the others. Hmm. I've only seen the first two and I only like this one. <laughs> the first one is fucking boring, but yeah, it's boring and like I mean, I mean, I never saw that really good restoration of it, but the movie was always just way too dark for me too. Um, Deliver Us from Evil is the fourth one. Yeah, and then you got that crappy remake. But uh, uh, Jason will be excited to hear this fun little trivia that a lot of the characters in this movie. Yeah, oh, I know. Oh, did you find? Did you pick up on that? Oh, well, hell yeah, I pick up on it. I always pick up on it because it stands out like a sore thumb every time it's done. <laughs> and they named after uh, other people, uh, uh, famous directors in in horrors in horror. There's a uh, so Vicky Carpenter, you know, it's John Carpenter, uh, Kelly Hennen Lauder, you know, <laughs> so Jess Browning. So yeah. it fun. wasn't. As, um, Not as bad as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I honestly didn't even think about it. The Hen and Lauder should have been a giveaway, but apparently yeah. it wasn't because I didn't realize that. Well, I, th- I think it works the best when it's not shoved down your throat like it is in Dead Next Door. Yeah. Where they have or or any prescribed films movie. Oh come on! But that's you know whatever. <clears throat> I don't do I don't do it that bad. Anyway, S- subtle. <laughs> Less is more. Fine. <clears throat> Anything else about this one? It's pretty decent. De- decent, decent fonts. Yeah, good, <laughs> good, good. Glad we got the <laughs> way in the fonts. <laughs> oh. Okay. I was just my only disappointment with this movie, which is kind uh. of funny, is that they don't have the paper cutter. As the murder weapon in that first kill. Oh yeah, yeah. I love. Uh, yeah, they like is... tease it like, oh, this is gonna uh-huh. be sweet. They're gonna chop off her head with the paper cutter, and then she hangs. It's like the ghost of Mary Lou changes her mind at the last. Yeah, second. Like, yeah I'm gonna hang her. Yeah, I was like, oh no. But and that is that actress there. 
that gets hung is mm-hmm. the greatest 80s big hair in the history of 80s big <laughs> yeah, hair. It is pretty awesome. Mike, she, Mike knows his 80s big hair. Oh, I love big hair still. And she couldn't get through the doorway in half of, half of the school. <laughs> it was so freaking big. It was gorgeous. I saw birds nesting in it in one scene. And amazing. the birds had big hair. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I will say for um, the running theme of this whole podcast is schools, and there's a big lack of librarians. There's one on the show. I know. And if you listen to the Patreon bonus episode, you can find out more about what we're talking about. (laughs) And who? And who? That's all Chad has to offer in this episode. (laughs) He likes the... Patreon bonus episode more than he likes this episode. <laughs> he does. He still has a point. Yeah, are there any... I feel like there must be at least one movie where the librarian is a killer. There's that really creepy scene, scene in the new It where the librarian in the background oh, yeah. is really creepy. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. If you guys ever watch, and you won't, because you shouldn't, <laughs> but if you guys ever watch uh, freaking, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the movie now. No, we haven't. It no. was in my bottom five of uh, of 2017. Um, shit, it was a shitty theatrical movie that came out last year. Fucking Librarian and Alien Covenant was awful. No, the uh, <laughs> Friend no. Request or whatever. No, not friend request. Uh, it was one that I saw that none of the other guys saw. You got it for us. What was the name of that movie? Why can't I think of that movie? Oh, Bye Bye Man. Oh, um, I watched that. There's a li- librarian in that one. She goes off the rails a little bit. Kills her whole family. Oh. But it's not worth it. Don't watch it. I don't even balls. remember. I've blocked most of that movie out of my mind. Oh, good for you, lucky, <laughs> lucky. lucky. Well, you know, you can't, you can't think about him or you die. So, uh, well, I've already said it, so you're all effed. Fuck. Oh, well, bye, bye, good man. Concept for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye. <clears throat> okay. Sing court. Sorry. That's. <laughs> It's gonna be bad. It's fine. Just <laughs> oh, I, I think almost happened. Uh, yeah, we should make you finish that. Um, all right. Well, we got one movie le- left to talk about. I'll be the one to bring it up because I love this movie a lot too. I really do. But I don't know if I can explain it because I I've watched it thousands of times and I still can't tell you what exactly happens in the movie. Right. And that's uh, Return to Horror High. Uh, George, one of George Clooney's very first movies. So that ties into one. Never of the heard themes. of them. Yeah. So let me see if I can do this. Okay. So apparently, a long time ago, there was murders that happened in this in this high school, and now this uh, low budget film company is is making a movie about the murders, making a. a a TNA Splatterfest horror movie <laughs> in the school. And these murders happened a long time ago, even though there is a police detective who looks like he's barely over uh, 21. 
who is working on the movie because he was there at the time of the murders. Um, and then he ends up uh, becoming the lead actor of the movie. So, but for some reason, the killer is back and he's killing um, the crew and the actors in this movie while they're making the movie. But is he really? Is it just a scene in the movie that they're making? Or is it a flashback to the original murders? Well, the whole movie's a flashback, first of all. Or or did they all fake the deaths? Or are these, these murders really... Well, I don't know what the fuck is happening in this movie. Why do you think at the beginning of the episode, when he said, anybody want to start? I jumped right in, so I didn't have to explain this one. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the I've watched this before for something. I'm sure it was for this show. For but, Clooney. Um, <laughs> yeah, Clooney reasons. <laughs> no. No. Um, but I feel like in my mind, like since I'd watched it the last time, it made more sense. And then when I watched it again, I was just so confused. I'm like, this is not like I'm. It's like I piece together the what was supposed to happen in my brain after the last time I watched it or something because mm-hmm. this is just nonsensical most of the time like oh, I yeah like what oh yeah it, why did I have like rose-colored glasses for this movie not George Clooney but he's uh, in it for like five minutes I know he's like the first kill how awesome is that yeah <clears throat> or is he dead or uh, where is he <laughs> <laughs> so. He's at the he's at the titty twister. Yep. Uh, there you go. That's a movie I should have watched instead of this one. Yeah. Oh no, Brian hated this one. <laughs> I had not thought I'd seen this before. Actually, no, I take that back. I thought I had seen this before and that it was a different movie. It turns out I had seen this before and completely forgot watching it. And then I turned it on like, oh. Yeah, oh, it's this one, not the other one I thought it was. And then almost immediately fell in and out of sleep for the rest of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate what they're trying to do, but the ending is so convoluted and silly. And I feel like the movie just gets way too far up its own ass with how clever it's trying to be. Well, I get that, but I mean, this is a comedy, right, guys? (laughs) <laughs> this was a horror comedy that was actually really funny, I thought, though. Yeah. Maureen McCormick, everything that had Maureen McCormick in it, she was stealing every every scene in that movie. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I love oh, her in it. Oh, my God, she was funny. Marsha Brady the- is hot in a policeman outfit. <laughs> but, uh, th- there was uh, one line of dialogue that did make me laugh, like belly laugh out loud. And that is when the main actress is uh, going off on the guy who's... Uh, who's wanting to get with her in the, in the car and she goes you just follow around your schlong or in your case it would be a schlort <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I lost it yeah. and also the bit where the the, or the the producer who keeps insisting on more, more exploding tits and more blood <laughs> walks out the door and you see the silhouette through the window of the door of the axe fall and his head goes spinning up into the air like yes this, this movie has a lot of 
cute, clever, fun little moments that just do not gel into a hole that I particularly appreciate. But I mean, yeah, structurally, this movie's a mess. Like, you, you seriously don't know what is what is reality, what is the actually the scenes from the movie, and 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 part of it that I love because I love any movie that is about the making of a movie. So I, I enjoy it for that, but. And then when you get to the end, and this this whole, and I'm gonna, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. Like, uh, the whole movie is told in flashback, where the police officers show up at the at the scene of the crime, where there's bodies just strewn out everywhere in front of the school, and and the uh, the at the end of the movie, the police officers go in to take out the killer. They blow him all to hell, and while that's going on. Everybody out in the yard just gets up because they faked it as a publicity stunt for the movie. So does that mean those cops just killed a man for no reason? But then in the crypt that they find underneath when the, like, the guy gets speared and then comes back and then all that, like, wasn't that all real? And then the writer sees, like, his dad comes back at the very end. Like, what the fuck was all that about? I know, right? Well, yeah, and you got your two heroes getting into confrontation in the crypt. Yeah, and stab, stab him, put him up against the wall, and you think he's dead. And that's before the cops show up. Where did those two disappear to? When, 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 uh, when the, after the cops had shown up. Because even the producer guy, when, um... When the producer guy gets up and he's talking about how, you know, this is going to be a great stunt, he mentions those two characters and their confrontation with the, with the killer in the, in the basement of the school. He's like, yeah, yeah, this idea came to me after so-and-so and so-and-so and so, you know, uh, saw, saw the killer in the basement with some crazy line like that. And I'm like, so that, act, so that happened? But why... Why any of it? Why any of it happens if it was all faked, or was some of or some of the kills actually happened, and some of them were some of them were faked? I don't know. Like, cause George Clooney's character's not there at the end. But then, like, but then, like the one character that played the quarterback in the movie within the movie, you know, he has this big elaborate depth death where he gets like hung upside down. And and there's nobody else in the room, but yet his death was fake because he's there at the end. So why was his fake death done so elaborately when it was when it played for nobody? <laughs> so it's a mess, and I think like this twist ending. You know, you're right, Brian. It's trying to be smarter than than it um, than it actually is because they didn't think any of it through. But I also wonder too. If that is the if that's part of the joke, it probably was. But the problem is, it's not a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a lot of cutting class. It's like, like I said, it's it's a lot of fun little moments that don't really quite make a satisfying whole to me. But I don't regret having watched it again, or or slept through most of it again. I guess I should say. I just, I mean. I've watched this movie quite a few times, and and I've spent way too much try- time trying to decipher exactly what's going on, and I shouldn't waste my time, um, because at the end of the day, I think it's a comedy, and I think it's all, you know, all just goofy fun. But uh, yeah, oh, this one is clearly a comedy. Yeah. I mean, when the guy offhandedly throws the uh, the fake breast across the room and it blows <laughs> yeah. half the setup. <laughs> 
Is there a commentary track? Is there a release that will let you learn about this? Uh, no. Uh, at least not that I've been able to find. Um, uh, did you? I don't remember the actor's name that played the producer, but I found it interesting that he played Joe's father on Facts of Life. And after this movie, George Clooney went on to be on the Facts of Life. I watched way too much Facts of Life in my days. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, you take the good, you take the bad. We know. We know. I, I really like this one just because it's it's dumb, stupid, fun too. Just sort of like Prom Night Two, uh, and I and like you said, I love movies where they're making movies within movies. Uh, I, I I actually sort of like the uh, confusion where I'm like. Is this real? Is it fake? I think that sort of added. Some, it kept me more interested. I mean, it's it is sort of frustrating when you're when you think about it too much. But I feel like I should not think about anything too much while I'm watching a movie like Return to Horror High. Yeah, so. you're you're absolutely right. One of the other scenes that has always confused me because I always thought it was like a flashback scene, but then was it was it actually a, a murder a murder within the movie or was it a scene? from the movie that they're making and that's when they um kill the when the killer uh dissects the teacher it's which is a great scene but it's just like where, where does this take place <laughs> anybody remember the original tra- I, I still remember the original trailer for this movie when it when it uh, when the tra- when the commercials were on tv anybody else remember it no you're you're old as fuck. The rest of us are too. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I was. I was a year old. Oh. So, so you should when remember. Six eighty-seven. Uh, I think eighty-six. Okay. It was just kind of a teaser trailer where, um, uh, it was like going down the hall of this high school, and then it was like a cheerleader with with her back to the camera and she turned around and she had a, a skull face much like the, the actual cover of the of the DVD which I think may have been the original poster too, I don't remember but I, don't I know, love so specially cool. shot teaser stuff Yeah, something for a movie that is not a scene from the movie but something like the one for uh, Texas Chainsaw 3 oh, oh well, that's still that's one of the greatest my favorite one yes. <laughs> the whole Excalibur thing yes Oh man! Sweet. Um, cool. Anything? Anybody else got anything to say about Return to Horai? Just what no. the fuck? I wish I could remember what the hell movie it is that I thought this was when I started watching it. It's another '80s high school slasher movie. That's not a not a comedy. It's a serious movie. It's like There's a like, school. It's like a class reunion thing. Is, is the plot Slot, of it. Slaughter Slaughter High? Slaughter. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's it. With yeah. um, um, why am I blanking on her name right now? Um, Caroline Monroe. Thank you. Caroline Monroe. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's the one I thought it was. There you go. <laughs> Which I almost put that on the list. I love that movie too. Oh. All right. Cool. Um. So yeah, any honorable mentions from anybody on this one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now it's not a high school, so does that count, though? Sure. Can it be a, just a school? In this case, a medical school, and it's another Roddy McDowell movie. 
Has anyone here seen Shockma? Is that no. the monkey oh. one? Yes, it is. It's a killer baboon. We've talked about it before. I don't think I've seen that one, though. Oh, that must have been before I was on. So I'm, <laughs> I'm certain I've never talked about Shockma in here before. But yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's a cool movie. It's um, These medical students are, like, it's... I think it must be during midterms or something because the school is completely empty and they're playing this weird like early version of a live action role playing game like a Dungeons and Dragons with walkie talkies kind of thing through the the halls of the school and uh, Shockma is this experimental ape or not ape baboons or monkeys I guess Um, and uh, he's supposed to be euthanized and cremated but the uh the, the main character, uh, who's played by uh, Christopher Atkins from Blue Lagoon, is like he's kind of attached to him, so he doesn't want to put him down, and he just knocks him out, or so he thinks instead, so he can you know, like figure out how to smuggle him out or something, I suppose. But he accidentally injects him with this um, experimental drug that ramps up aggression, which if you know anything about baboons, they're one of the scariest fucking animals on the planet anyway. So a, a a chemically pissed off it basically gives the baboon speed <laughs> and things go poorly for all involved. It is a slasher movie with a baboon as Jason Voorhees and it's fantastic. Uh Zal for your honorables. I got one. Go ahead. Oh, I I gotta go with one here. Uh student bodies. Yep. I love student bodies. Another one of those, like, it'd be, it'd make for a great double feature with uh, Return to Horror High. You and know, that's, one of those. Oh, go ahead. As that's one I haven't seen, and I know we've mentioned it before on the show, and I, I was a little surprised it wasn't on this list. I guess because yeah. we could, probably couldn't find it anywhere. But, um, yeah, I've always wanted to watch that one. I need to track it down sometime. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth the good. hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say, um, honorable mention, that we're going to be talking about on something else, but The Faculty. I love that one. Yeah. That, um, I won't go too much into that one, but that's definitely a school one because of the way the teachers get infected and um, the students, and I I thought of that one right away. I had several, um... The the Woods, which is yeah. a boarding school. I don't remember a whole lot of the plot, but I know Bruce Campbell's in it, so that's probably why I watched it in the first place. Um, <laughs> uh, Cooties. Oh, yeah, Cooties. Good so good. It's not, yeah. Dual Rear Worlds. Rear Rear Drive. Rear Rear So good. <laughs> It's a great one. Um, oh shoot! Oh, and the Black Coat's daughter. It was one we just did for the year-end episode. We talked yeah. about that. It's set in a boarding school. It's not like during school time, so it doesn't seem like a school movie because it's not like a ton of children or whatever. But it counts. Yeah, it's awesome. I always go right to like. First Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, all of them. But yeah, for sure. 
I mean, yeah, just that iconic body bag scene in the hallway yeah. is enough to classify it for me. Right? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you speak the truth, tiny dog. <laughs> I was hoping you'd interpret what she said. <laughs> oh. Anybody else? No. I think that's it. That's Time all of the school horror films ever filmed. <laughs> <laughs> that we give a shit about, anyway, apparently. There's so many, There's so though. many more. So many. So many that just even have seen, a, you know, and it's hard to, I guess, we're trying to focus on ones that are just primarily set in a school. But I there's mean, so many great ones that have like scenes set in schools and things yeah, like the, that. Yeah, the big scene, I mean, in one classic, Carrie, is. Yeah. You know, yep. Absolutely takes I almost. Would say, yeah, yeah. That, that whole movie almost takes place at the school. Yeah, I would oh. consider that one for sure a school one. All right, well, we'll take a short break and be right back with shout outs. You've been listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. <laughs> I'm sure that our fabulous listeners who are going to jump on their chance to become internet famous and get their voices heard on Attack of the Killer podcast will remind us of some of the ones we forgot when we hear <laughs> shoutouts. It's time for shoutouts! Okay, so just asked everybody what your favorite horror films that take place in or around a school are, and got lots of great comments on Facebook. <clears throat> Up first, we got Gerald Martin. He says, going to give a shout-out to the slasher movie parody, Student Bodies. Oh, yeah, I love Student Bodies. Apparently, I need to see this, because it keeps coming up, and I know I've not seen that one. Yeah, we're shocked you didn't put it on the list. I... It was another one that came close, but yep. like I, it was an, another one that I'm like I'm pretty sure people are gonna hate it. Um, oh, love it. The the first Brian, the first ten minutes, uh, it's a it's a parody movie, so it's like an airplane or a top secret or a naked gun type of comedy. Um, but it, you know, sat, satirizing slashers, and for me, the first five minutes of the movie is the funniest horror comedy shit of all time. So funny! Wow, that's go- high praise. Um, it, but it it, it kind of loses some of its gusto after after that. Um, it's still got a lot of funny moments, but some of the satirical, ridiculous parody humor really goes off the rails at some moments where it, it's more di- um, distracting from the movie than. Uh, you know, it's not as structured as well as say like some of the best ones like Airplane or or Top Secret. Kind of go, it doesn't fall down the well as bad as like the the later scary movies or um, epic movie or crap like that. But 
<clears throat> but I, I've always really, really liked the movie. And but those, that first five minutes, if you stopped after that, you know, you're good because it's it, that first five minutes is so funny. Yeah, Gerald said regarding student bodies. He said that one is a lot less conventional than any in the scary movie franchise, and certainly has its share of creepy moments. Jen Coke says Carrie might be an obvious choice choice but damn if it hasn't caused its fair share of nightmares for me heck yeah yeah I stopped dancing it's an obvious choice because it's a fucking great movie hell yeah exactly Brandon Robinson says cooties and slaughter high forgot about cooties that would have been a good one so good Andrew Moeller says he has a list so this is good he says Carrie Halloween H2O Sorority Row, The Faculty, Jennifer's Body, Urban Legend, Ginger Snaps, Night of the Creeps, Dance of the Dead, Cooties. <laughs> Dang. Oh, yeah, Ginger Snaps does have a pretty lengthy chunk of it set at their school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Dang. Good movie, too. Great movie. Yeah, it is. That was one that I discovered when I was working at a video store my freshman year at college. It was on the shelf, and, you know take movies home for free every night why not right so i remember taking that one back to the dorm and you know not really expecting much i mean the the tagline was kind of silly that it's not called the curse for nothing like oh i get it it's a period metaphor to <laughs> <laughs> and then sat down and watched it and like holy shit this is one of the best movies i've seen in a long time and it holds up Yes, yes it does. Oh. How do you feel about the other one, the uh, part two and three? I think they're all really, really good. I think yeah. part two is probably my least favorite, but that really? my le- my least favorite of three movies that I really, really like is still not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not condemning it by any means. I need to go back and watch three because three was rather jolting for me, and so I was put three on the bottom of the list. But I think it's just because like I wasn't prepared for what I saw. You know, I wasn't it's got prepared. its problems for the with, in the fact that they're still like the the sisters are still talking to each other like they do in the other two movies. So the dialogue yeah. is very anachronistic. But yeah, exactly. It's got the best werewolves of the whole bunch and the most werewolves of the whole bunch. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head about the part that bothered, bothered me about that movie then. Like, I can accept that it's the same two actresses, but now it's a period piece. But I was so confused by the fact they still talked like, you know, they, they you know, they're how they talked in the first two movies, like as it was modern yeah. times. So. I think it would have been smarter had they adjusted the script to fit the style of dialogue you would expect from that time. Yeah. But, like I said, lots of really badass werewolf action, so I can forgive that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. You can, I'm cool. Sorry. Uh, up next, we got our uh, Phantom Podcast brethren, our Pottern family, hashtag Pottern family. Uh, Nightmare Junkhead, they say, Woo! Splatter University on the strength of the trailer alone. I don't know if I remember <laughs> that trailer. Hmm. And Carrie and Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2. Yeah. Good picks. I have to check out that Splatter University. Which there seem to be a lot of, like, 
Oh, I, I want to say homage, but you can call it what you will. Uh, to Carrie in Hello, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. You got the overly religious mother, and you got, you know, the shit hitting the fan at prom. So. Yep. Uh, Donna Nelly says, the Korean Whispering Corridors films are a lot of fun. Ooh, Brian, do you know those? I do not. Ooh. I'm not as well versed in Korean cinema as I am in Japanese. So. Oh, okay. Something I'll have to check out, though. That sounds good. Generally, if if Don suggests stuff that I know, like he and I are always kind of on the same page, and if he suggests stuff I don't know, it's something I really need to check out. So, okay. And he says, as are the Japanese efforts about the Hanako legend. Uh, plus, to get the name out, the third Toho Dracula effort, Evil of Dracula, is awesome. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, it takes place yep. at a. Uh, girls all girls school yeah. oh, that's right he said on this side of the world the faculty happy death day oh yeah yeah that's college more, that's college i was really trying oh. to stick with high school boogeyman three that's what she said oh <laughs> wait boogeyman, oh. 3, boogeyman trying, three no <laughs> trying to stick with high school boogeyman three and student bodies yeah good some love for student bodies man Leo Redman says, Evil Speak, The Toxic Avenger, The Faculty, It Follows, Carrie, Valentine, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. <laughs> and then he posted a fucking awesome sketch he did of Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. I don't know what that is, but. It's a Japanese movie. Came out yeah. a few years ago. It's in. The, it isn't that one of those that's in the vein of like Machine Girl and, um, you know, movies like that. Yeah, it's one of the kind of the new breed of like super over the top Japanese splatter stuff. You know. And then he also said that Monster High is introducing my three-year-old daughter into horror movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Isabella a, loves Monster High. That's definitely a good gateway. And she's got, I mean, obviously she had been introduced to monsters well before she found those dolls. It was more of a, hey, these dolls look like the stuff in Dad's movies. Nice. But now, now, now she's uh, customizing them on her own. <laughs> She'll take a uh, fingernail polish remover and strip the paint off the faces and, like, repaint them and sculpt new pieces for them out of, like, sculpting medium and all the, yeah, it's pretty, pretty damn cool. Awesome. <laughs> Our pal Tim Lennerer says, Let Me In takes place at the poor, doomed Renfields-to-be school for a, a lot of its running time, and the iconic underwater shot of the vampire's attack sequence pinched from the original is handled very well at the school swimming pool. Mm -hmm. I agree. I fucking love that movie. Also, a sympathy vote for student bodies and yes. the woodshop teacher obsessed with having students make Horsehead, Horsehead bookends. bookends. <laughs> 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 Gotta see it. Up next, Willis Wheeler says, Carrie, Urban Legends, the faculty, teaching Mrs. Tingle. <laughs> I forgot about that one. He also yeah. says he loves the unrated Jennifer's Body. I like Jen I like Jennifer's Body, too. It's fun. I, I think it's a lot of hate. 
I own it on Blu-ray and still have never I got it for you for it. Christmas like 17 years ago, and you still haven't opened it. That's right. So I stopped getting I any presents. Um, do we need to look at a lot your of collection, it sir? cool to hate on Diablo Cody, but... Yeah. Jack Christensen says, Hello, Mary Lou. Prom night two. Teresa Clark says, The faculty. Jason Zbornick says, Good call. He also says, Nightmare on Elm Street series. Says Jason. Nick Leadham says, Gonna have to go with Raw again. That's good. I loved it. Uh, Buffy, The Craft, Battle Royale, if that counts as horror, and Carrie. Yes and yes. The hell did I forget about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> yeah. Paul Rubin's death scene is that. It's one of the funniest oh, guys. Yes. <laughs> that, that death scene is, is what sold me in the movie. I, I saw that in the theater and I was like, yeah, this is okay, but Paul Rubin's death scene, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. And the fact that over the credits it goes on even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Nick also adds Suspiria. Oh, yeah. yeah. Up next, we got Jacob McLaughlin says, The Black Coat's Daughter, one of the most unsettling and atmospheric horror films of the decade. Terry Ooh. agrees. Sean Frost says, Gotta go with Graduation Day, because nothing sucks like dying before life after high school. <laughs> it's also got Linnea Quigley in it. And... The the horror returns. Posted a picture of Final Exam. I've never seen Final Exam. That's, I think it's a part of that. It's actually really pretty decent. That's a pretty bad poster. I mean, that looks that <laughs> knife looks drawn. Well, the whole thing looks drawn. It looks bad. <laughs> it's a cool font though. The eyes with the knife. It's cool. Dad, you'd like it. <laughs> Next, we got Eric J. Peterson says elementary school for the substitute. He's going all the different schools levels. So oh, elementary nice. says the substitute. <laughs> then he says uh, Danish Vicarin High School, the Breakfast Club. He says I kid, not really. He says Dance of the Dead. And then for university, he says Night of the Creeps. And lastly, on Facebook, we got Peter Parker's not, not, not. No, damn it! He says, "Dance of the Dead," phenomena, <laughs> and student bodies. <laughs> yep, I paused on purpose. And that's what we have on Facebook. Over on Twitter, we got Chris Cook at Counting Cook says, "This is probably the scene that got me hooked onto horror movies." And it's a picture from the script. Uh, it's a it's a little scene from Halloween. That's pretty cool. Good pick. And then large moving torb at v underscore zildrohar, which I'm gonna guess is Peter Parker's handle because he no no he said Dance of the Dead phenomena. And student, and student bodies. <laughs> Same answer. I think I'm on to you, Peter. <laughs> yeah, 
So that's what we got on the Twitter. Remember that you can always leave us a cool voicemail and we'll read read your response on the show. You can always call 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. And that's shout-outs. And now, the man who thinks corporal punishment is actually a reward. Here's Insane Mike and Insane's Picks. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Um, So, for Insane's Picks on this episode, I'm going to go with uh, a movie that is Brain-Sucking Terror. A landmark in cult film history. That is 1962, the, the Mexican classic, The Brainiac. Anybody seen The Brainiac? No. Yes, yes, I have Sweet. seen the Brainiac. I figured you Yeah, what I love about this movie is the actual the creature design in it. He kind of, it's kind of like a devil, almost like a devil looking creature, uh, uh, with with this like forked tongue that's sticking out the whole time, and it has no articulation. It's almost just like it's a rubber mask. But what they try to assume articulation is is the guy breathing under the mask, which makes the mask like puff poof out a bit so i guess that's their their uh, consideration for um articulation in the in the creature effects and he's got like these tube like finger things and he goes around sucking out your brains uh in mexico city in 1961 uh the baron i'm not going to try to pronounce that is condemned by the inquisition and sentenced to burn at the stake at this sent as the sentence is carried out, the Baron promises that he's going to return the next passage of a comet, and will slay the descendants of his accusers. And so, like if you didn't if you didn't watch this with subtitles, you would think this is almost like an alien movie, because you see the, the it cuts to present day, and you see the comet go through the sky, and it's almost and then it kind of cuts to the brainiac creature. In this field, you know, smoke around him as if he's like landed in this comet, and then he can like take the form of of people that the people that he's sucked brains out of. What's cool is like you see real shots of brains in this movie, which is pretty cool for 1962. But beyond that, it's just a it's just a good classic, fun monster movie from Mexico. I think it's as far as it's as, as far as Mexican horror films go. This is my alt, This is my hands down my favorite. I'm a big fan of like Santo movies and, and stuff like that, um, and I've been meaning to get in to dig deeper into to some Mexican horror films. But uh, ever since I first saw clips of this movie, on and I know I've talked about it in Insane's Picks before, my favorite uh, compilation film of all time, Horrible Horrors, with Zachary, and I, and it showed uh, some clips of Brainiac within that film. And as soon as, as soon as I saw it, I like I had to find I had to see this movie. And it wasn't until years later when they did a really nice um, release of it on DVD that I finally got to see the whole the whole picture. And it's it's a ton of fun. It's a great film. It's all in black and white. Um, 
It's got some really cool features on it. Uh, it's got an audio commentary on the DVD um, by the... Uh, uh, well, it, it, I mean, it's not by anybody who worked on the film. It's kind of more of a film historian type of guy. And those are really hit and miss with me. I mean, this commentary is not the most interesting. It's, it's, rather, it's rather dry. And, and uh, when the guy's talking, it sounds really red. Um, so it's really when it comes to commentary tracks done by people not associated with the with the film, it's really hit or miss with me. Like this one, not so good. Like the the one on the Freaks DVD is rather is kind of boring as well. But then you get like cool ones like Joe Lynch and Adam Green's commentary on Friday Thirteenth Part Four. That one's that one's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Or any any time Joe Bob Briggs does a commentary track. Those Fuck are yes. yes, those are a lot of fun and they're just awesome. And I I, I will watch I, like Ray Dennis Steckler's Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed Up Zombies. I I've watched that movie more times with the Joe Bob Briggs commentary track than I have without it. I, I haven't even gotten all the way through the Ray Dennis Steckler director's commentary of that movie, but I will keep going back to the uh, Joe Bob Briggs commentary. But I'm way off track here, so. Um, that's all I, I don't have a ton to say about this movie, but definitely if you could find it, check it out. Uh, again, I think the monster is really, really cool looking. And, um, uh, so if you could find it, it's Brainiac from 1962. And the monster has a little cookie jar of full of brains sitting on his, uh, end table in the living room. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and the, I, I, it's a little bit of interesting, well, I'm probably not that interesting, but history with this movie, I've known about it forever, because if you're a fan of schlocky monster movies, you've heard of Brainiac. Mm-hmm. And I found a copy on DVD online, like when I was in college, so I was like, oh, finally, I can see this movie that I've been hearing about forever. I bought it. It had the audio for a different movie. <laughs> oh, the fuck? Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the movie, you know, you could see the film of Brainiac, but the audio, and I'm not talking about the commentary, I mean the actual audio for the film itself was for like some Skinamax vampire movie. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I can't fucking watch this because it's too... So, it, But the how I finally saw it is within the last year or two, it showed up subtitled on Netflix in HD. Oh, I don't really? know if it's still. I don't know if it's still there or not, but that's how I saw it. So yeah, at least for a little while, you could see like a really nice, cleaned up, like Blu-ray quality transfer of Brainiac with subtitles in the original Spanish on Netflix. Do you have that um, DVD with the wrong? No, I got rid of it. Oh, I would have kept and, it for the hell of like, it. I, I'm wishing I had now, but at the time I was a poor college student, so I uh. took it to a pawn shop and got a dollar for it, and you know. <laughs> Well, this one here is released on a label called um, a Casa Negra. I'm not familiar with this label at all. I have a feeling they mostly do um, like Mexican or or Spanish films. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be my guess. But uh, I, I, I thought this transfer was really well done as well. It was a good one, so... All right, so one more segment to go, and let's turn it over now. Saving the best for last, it's Wicked Women with Wear Tear.
it's going to be short and sweet. Um, I just wanted to dive into the career of Wendy Lyon, who plays um, the lead role of Vicky in uh, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Because, yeah, um, cause yeah I, I didn't really have much to say. And then I was kind of looking at her profile as we were recording and um, decided, why not? We'll, we'll talk about her. She doesn't have a lot. Um, she has, well, she has several credits. Most of them are just TV series. Um, she was in, uh, had a long running role on a show called The Campbells, which I'm not familiar with. Um, just some sort of drama. Um, she was the voice of, of a few different characters in the Sailor Moon series, which was, oh, I found nice. interesting. Nice. Um, but, you know, lots of, like, one-shot roles on TV series or TV movies. Not a lot of horror until recently. She seems like she's kind of been getting um, a little bit back into it, maybe. She was in a movie in 2007 called Ka. Ka! Like a bird. <laughs> like <laughs> It's spelled... K-A-W. Like, literally, that is the title of this movie. And now I really want to watch it. Because she's in it, and it's also, like, Sean Patrick Flannery is kind of like... and Oh, and Stephen McHattie. Holy shit. <laughs> um, but now I just have to watch it, because the name's stupid. It's, and it's about birds, if you didn't figure that out. Is but part- it's got Stephen McHattie from Pontypool in it, yeah. so yeah, I kind of want to see it just for him. I know, right? Is the sequel called Kaka? <laughs> we can only hope. You, you should get on that, Mike. I'm going to make it. <laughs> this weekend. Yes, this weekend. Good title. It's a good title for a bird movie. That'd be pretty hilarious. Um, and then she was in a movie in 2015, which actually has a pretty solid lineup called Regression. Has anyone seen this? Mm-mm. Um has Ethan Hawke and Emma Watson. Oh, wow. Like, some of the main characters. I don't think she has a big role in it because she doesn't even like show up on the front page of <laughs> actors in the movie. But mm. hey, it's fine. Yeah. I hear but, Ethan Hawke is going to be in Kaka. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in Kaka for a long time. No, but the name is. Reason... Oh, sorry. Nope. His name is Hawk. That was it. Oh. Um, Uh. uh, (laughs) the whole reason i wanted (laughs) to uh dive into her filmography was because i noticed her most recent credit is in the shape of water what the fuck Mm? (laughs) she's the sally the secretary i would have to watch it again to to that's her that's what it says. My mind was a little blown when I saw that. I'm like, holy shit. And now I have to watch it again just so I can catch... Well, I mean, for other reasons, too. But, yeah. She's totally in the shape of water. That's awesome. That is awesome. But, yeah, she, it looks like she kind of tries to choose uh, lower-profile things. Which can't blame her i guess yeah once you've done hello mary lou prom night 2 where do you go right 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still her profile picture on her uh, IMDb. <laughs> awesome. Those are the like the only like I think the only pictures she has on here, but yeah, Sweet. interesting. That is interesting. Well, thank you very much, Terry. And that is it, guys. That concludes another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Special thanks goes out to our Patreon donators. Um, couldn't do it without you guys. And if you too want to donate to our Patreon, it's patreon.com backslash AOTKP. And thanks to the crew. Thanks, everybody, for uh, suffering through uh, some of these films. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but <laughs> a very special thanks goes out to Mike for joining Mike us on Reed. this episode. Thanks, yeah. buddy. It's yeah. great having you here. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. I had a really good time. Good, good, good. Hopefully we'll get you back again, right? Sounds good. All right, cool. Okay, so that's it. Uh, We will talk to you all again next time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. And remember, kids, stay in school. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? (laughs) Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast.